0: Hello there, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin. Thanks for checking this out. It's only the bloomin' last episode of the ongoing side saga. We are here today to pay our respects and read the last rites for the World Wrestling. Checks notes, all stars, the WWA, all the way from the land down under, which has reached the land down under our hearts in this final installment. Want to thank everyone on our Patreon page for supporting us and helping make this show possible. We are 100% fan and listener supported because of our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, where you can get access to a whole load of content for your eyes and for your ears. I'm talking Smackdown Crawl, Tech, the, the Big Show Show, The Billyotech, Q&A episodes, commentary tracks, video episodes, and much, much more. Keep your eyes peeled for lots of special goodies coming up around the Christmas period. A big shout out and a thanks to all of you who have backed us through the pandemic. I know times are hard, so let's all get settled in and enjoy this. It's time to shake things up again as we bid a very fond farewell. To the W.W.A. Hello everyone and welcome to the Adagero Podcast. Bono, finale, W.W.A. Special Edition. (laughs) And the end is here. Just one more pour produced (laughs) pay-per-view and then I will be done with you Saint Andrew it's me your old pal, Limp Cowboy Kevin Mann, joined as I am in this review of the Down Underverse of the WWA are all the controversies, broken promises and shoddy shows put on in between by Adam Biblo brackets covered in skull paint like Wes oh is he Wes <laughs> he?
1: Wes, do you, he left! Are you seriously telling me the guy that was like with the awesome face paint, his name was he just left. Wes?
0: You left! You coward! You turned your back on me, goddamn! <laughs> damn it, Wes! turn around <laughs> give me a chocolate starfish Goddamn! It. so it's the fifth and
1: final chapter of the wwa saga today Kevin and I wanted to ask you if you can think of any of your favourite five movie franchises that ended on the best one five
0: movie franchises I've
1: got some franchises here I did have a think about it I know you're a okay. planet of the apes
0: head can you tell me if the last one was the best the last one was for a long time my favourite because mm. the last one was also the worst one because the last planet of the apes as a battle scene that begins with literally like the world's war on both sides and then once it actually starts moving Mm. it's like people on bikes and fucking carts and such and horses to try and fill out the numbers and I'm expecting a similar you know, brave faced final battle scene here.
1: Just that is a coincidence because, like, my favorite five movie series that has got the amazing fifth installment is Twilight. And in Breaking Dawn Part Two, they have a big climactic battle with the two armies mm. on both sides. They,
0: they line up, don't they? They do. do, do and I'm
1: expecting the WWA, much like you were with Apes, I'm expecting the WWA to be like Twilight, where you have this huge, incredible, actually surprisingly fun, really big battle. And then it turns out the whole thing was a premonition. And none of it happens, and everyone just goes home.
0: Alright, yeah. Well, you see, I've watched Twilight Part One and I didn't know I haven't seen part five, so um Spoilers, mate. Yeah, yeah, innit. In it <laughs> that's just uh, Right, that's put me in a great mood now. I'm going to do this, knowing that I'm not going to be able to enjoy the rest of the Twilight franchise.
1: Garfield had five movies too. Uh, Wait, Garfield
0: did not have five (laughs) movies, you liar.
1: There is a Wikipedia page for movie series with five entries, and Garfield is one of them.
0: Look, all right, someone obviously has had a case of the Mondays here because five (laughs) Garfield movies. You can't go and pick Bill Murray Garfield movies and put them in line with made-for-TV specials. <laughs> that's what Wikipedia did. That I'm
1: just going off the results. That's
0: Wikipedia, all right? Seriously. That's some Otis-level shit right there is what you're trying to pull on me. I'll tell you another five-movie franchise. How about this? The Lord of the Rings Hobbit trilogy um, before they split the last one into two parts. <laughs> there was a good 18 months we thought they'd be five movies. Yep,
1: that's true. That, I, I can't to, argue with that.
0: I went to part four thinking there'd be part five and that'd be it. And I was happy for that period.
1: Mm just to run them off as well we got die hard pirates of the caribbean i was Ice gonna Age. say die hard yeah the best one with the last one right
0: yeah where they like um where they, they kind of tease you that like bruce willis is going to be replaced and then he's like you, you think they're going to replace me and then they they don't kinda, <laughs> it's, it's like in the indiana jones four where they're like Are oh. you seriously think they're going to replace me like yeah let's just kind of i don't know like tease it and kind of get upset by it yeah
1: (laughs) also ice age scary movie rambo and final destination so there's your choices of hollywood classics
0: you're right no i've not seen rambo 5 because rambo 5 last blood came out Mm -hmm. recently Mm -hmm. and it's a shame because you hate to see someone leave number four which was such a peak and i would say retribution (laughs) wwa that very much was the rambo which is the fourth rambo of of the wwa which i'm saying is rambo here Mm -hmm. it's it's like that and uh, i don't know where five stands i heard bad things about five Mm. i was terrified going into wwa reckoning because at the end of our last encounter adam i think we had surmised that the wheels had more or less fallen off the cart.
1: It got about as bad as it could possibly get seemingly last time. Like It's been steadily, from episode one to four, it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And it kind of got to boiling point last time where we were like, I don't know how the next one could possibly top this
0: it is the wrestling hydra in that time wwa attempts to address one of its many issues two scary new issues come in its place <laughs> and you know it, it's, it's a difficult time for them Adam, obviously, there's a lot that's been tied in with WWE. We're talking Mm. about the fortunes of many wrestlers who we would have seen at the end of the Attitude Era, who we kind of question marks as to what happened to them. The likes of Perry Saturn, Jerry Lynn, Eddie Guerrero, names that we weren't seeing in in our third season really a whole lot and they were kind of disappearing. We're also talking as well about the upstart promotion of TNA, NWA being linked there, the likes of Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, and some of the X Division wrestlers like Shark Boy that we've seen in previous episodes. And as well, the fate, the very fate, if you will, (laughs) of St. Andrew McManus, Uh erstwhile Australian concert promoter who dabbled into the world of professional wrestling. And I need to remind us all of this again for 18 months.
1: Yep. 18 months, baby.
0: It is a a tale that I will once again warn you all to go and watch and listen to the first four parts of to the best of your ability, because I don't think we'll be making any much sense here if you've not heard of this before.
1: No, you're listening to... I mean, honestly, why would you go and watch the last Twilight movie without having seen the first four, you know? Just do the same with this. Make sure you're all caught up before we dive into any further. And, like,
0: why would you see the second Twilight movie when you already know that the fifth one is futile? So, like, yeah.
1: (laughs) Kevin, I've got here all the information that's going to take us from Retribution up to The Reckoning. But you did mention to me that you have got a little spicy Andrew McManus update, if you would care to share that first. Okay,
0: I've got three spicy updates from Andrew McManus. I've got three spicy updates. Busy boy. One is political. Oh, 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 Kevin. Leave it out, mate. What are you on about, politics? No place in wrestling. A little bit political, that. All right. (laughs) Now, the second one is to do with general gossip and controversy (laughs) okay right i'd say that's generally kind of like a potpourri of controversy let's just say right okay and then finally we have concert promotion covid update as well
1: okay so we've got an entry from time magazine an entry from heat magazine and an entry from the nme that i'm guessing right
0: or an entry from mixtape magazine australia (laughs) an entry from the daily mail australia and this is true an entry for the Herald Observer that I had to sign up for a free trial and pay 99 cents Australian for later this month to gain access to. So, uh, <laughs> that's So I'll have to write that one off against tax, I think. So, um, <laughs> what, Pick your poison, Adam. What do you want to go with first?
1: Let's go with the politics. Let's get it out of the way. Politics suck. Let's just get this over Let's and done stay with. Let's
0: just say off the bat. Yeah, I don't know. Politics suck. Politics suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. People may have heard last time that there was controversy surrounding Andrew McManus, mm. the city councilman from the fourth ward in Portsmouth City in, uh, in Australia. And there was a lot of controversy with him. He was a new appointee and there was a lot of button heads there. Adam there's been a by-election. He's vacated the city council. The fourth ward was literally in a state of freefall. Okay. Total freefall. Andrew McManus, unrelated to this Andrew McManus. Andrew McManus stepped out because of uh, people fighting back against his attempts to legalize or decriminalize marijuana, and also to ensure a mask mandate in the county. The people of Portsmouth, he said, sapped away his energy, and in a highly unusual move, he vacated the seat. But I'm happy to say vote three to one, vet Mosley, the fourth ward is in her clutches. Wait, what? What? Yeah, and um, What are you talking about? Mosley will replace Andrew McManus who announced his resignation during the first session. But that is a completely different Andrew McManus. A move that surprised many on the council. Yeah, I know that it's unrelated to your Andrew McManus that you're all worried about. But on the previous episode I did bring it up. All right. This is cheating Well I'm really glad you picked that one first Imagine if you picked that yeah. one last
1: <laughs> Alright give me a little bit of that gossip now Kevin right, You want the
0: hot gossip mm-hmm. This is fucking brilliant This is absolutely great It's almost as if People in Andrew Circle listened to the last go around and like, oh, he's talking about City Councilman from fucking, you know, from Portsmouth now. Get back in the news, Andy, you know, go into the Rolodex. Because there's a lot of these like where it's like Andrew McManus talks about blank when they performed at blank. Like he had lots of yeah. things to say about people who performed at various fe- festivals and galas and all that. I didn't want to do too many. I signaled in on one that caught the eye of the, the Daily Mail. The worst newspaper that's ever existed oh yeah yeah diana ross's diva behavior concert promoter andrew mcmanus reveals the singing icon's <laughs> unique requests when performing for the melbourne cup carnival
1: okay i'm just gonna guess now that this is all made up None of this is going to be true. This is going to be like, and then she said that I was the greatest promoter she'd ever worked with and she gave me her jacket or something like that.
0: Right, I will say with some confidence, I believe all of these to be true. And oh, prob- Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that being said, some fucking hot controversy been gushed out here. Some oh, hot, boy. hot balls of libel coming up here for Diana Ross. <laughs> Get this. <laughs> This is what Diana Ross said. And Diana Ross, known as a diva, uh-huh. a, a diva, apparently. The divas. A diva, which, as we all know from WrestleMania 27, 28, means that whether they're on a fashion shoot or on total divas, they're, they're powerful <laughs> and smart. and She can't <laughs> throw punches. She's not allowed to do punches. Anyway, this is what Andrew recalls. I don't want you sitting in the crowd, Andrew recalled Diana having said to him. I want you standing inside of the stage in case I need you. She said that to Andy. as if butter wouldn't melt in her mouth, Adjun? Get and dig this, <laughs> dickhead. It's freezing up here. She was quoted as having told Andrew later on. Because Andrew reveals that an air conditioning duct was behind the stage, and Diana began to rub her arms.
1: Oh! <laughs> That is spicy AF, Kevin. Wow, the Daily Mail must have been salivating when they got that scoop.
0: I got got the biggest fucking scoop. Okay, okay. Speaking of scoops, you know, here we go now. Oh, boy. Uh, Dig this. (laughs) Meanwhile... The Diva antics reportedly did not end there, with Andrew McManus revealing how Diana made her tour manager taste her food before it got to her. The food ended up arriving cold. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And hence, Diana Ross, no, a Diva, was reportedly seen several times at the Crown Hotel's food court. And here comes another quote She was seen with a kip and scarf on, and big sunglasses. And was hoeing into the sweet and sour pork straight off the ban marie Andrew Dotharrel's son. (laughs) Wait, so she was just stood there eating it right out of it? Adam, she was hoeing it. Hoeing it. Hoeing it. Wow. Now, I looked up hoeing it on an Australian colloquial term to literally mean... Raking. Like like raking it in, as in you're shoveling it into the Mm -hmm. mouth straight off the ban marie Wow.
1: I mean... Did she drink the hot water afterwards? Jesus Jesus. Christ.
0: And I think that about does it in terms of the... um...
1: (laughs) Quality journalism right there.
0: Yeah, and just say in her defense, in 2005, she said, I'm an icon, I'm a diva, a soul sister, or a queen. Labels. I've never been into the whole label thing. So you would say that, though, Dano. You would say that, though. Well, she made
1: uh... it and you didn't, Kevin, so wind your neck in
0: exactly and adam i don't know where you're at um obviously i'm gonna be removing all diana ross musics from my <laughs> spotify playlists and uh, etc because uh, that is the sickening behavior <laughs> of a tyrant
1: she's cancelled now mate that's it we're done with diana ross kevin give me this last slice of covid related information you got here
0: so very strangely on on this covid information i double checked this article has been posted around several places only in the last six days as of recording so this was published at the start of november okay but they're still having a go at the covid safe festival that they were hoping to do he's back at it again back at it again adam the plan is to be lobbied to the prime minister of australia (laughs) scott morrison the health and home affairs ministers and will incorporate a number of precautionary measures to ensure that the tour is safe Now, do you remember what the COVID safe plan was to get the concert in June or July, way back when we recorded our sequel to this back in March, I think it was? Uh It
1: was that everyone would download the app and everyone would make sure. (laughs) I believe that was it.
0: So we want to have Under the Southern Stars. We want to have- Under
1: the Southern Stars. That's such a Tim Heidecker festival. What the fuck?
0: Under the Southern Stars. And here are the steps for the COVID safe roadmap. And- See if you can spot what might be a slight issue here with what they have in terms of the kind of proprietary nature of this. Okay. All three acts will travel with essential band members only. So, sorry, Bez. Duh. You know, oh. <laughs> Along with two support staff, and they will be COVID tested before leaving Los Angeles for Australia. Okay. A second COVID test will be conducted after the band and support staff arrive in Australia. Okay. The band will then be quarantined at an isolated compound <laughs> with, a re- with a rehearsal studio for 14 days. Okay. The Axe will hire Australian crew to replace the band's usual touring team. Right. Here's the bit where it gets a little bit vague now. Segregated sections on flights and inverted commas... Military style transfers between Australian Mm. cities for the band. Military style? What's that mean?
1: We put on some car keys and some camo jackets, like, (laughs) try and look surly. We
0: put on some camo hats and jackets. We put on our dog tags. We run into the front of the bus as hard as we can. (laughs) It's two steps to the left. It is important. Hotel floors for the band will be locked. What? (laughs) They will be locked. They'll be trapped in there. This is part of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is part of the nine point plan, okay? We're gonna lock these doors. Imagine saying that to the Prime Minister as well. And they'll be locked as well, Prime Minister.
1: <laughs> this is sounding more and more like a master plan or something, like and once we have taken the actual compound, we will lock them on their floor so they cannot be seen.
0: Well, if that's if it sounds a bit like a scary a scary concept, Adam, this might be taking you back to some more familiar territory. Punters must download the COVID safe app before attending the show. <laughs> okay. Temperature checks will be completed at the gig oh, while attending sake. while those attending adhere to social distancing. Shows will be capped at 70% total. Seventy yeah, that seems a lot. I swear it? that's more than what you said last time. And so finally, as well, this is the main point, Adam. If the festival works, it can become a test case. Then they say they will share the roadmap at no cost to operate all future festivals under this manner. Now, I don't know if they realise this. I didn't have to pay to get access to Mix. magazine. I was going to say... <laughs> and uh whoops anyone in australia wants to run the attitude podcast live show this year i mean obviously we didn't get to do manchester or London this year but we could do australia all we have to do is make sure that billy's hotel room is locked
1: so he he tried this over the summer and it was shot down
0: yeah and now he's
1: come back with a plan that is basically we're going to do loads to protect the rock stars and the acts and the audience, well, that's just the same plan as before, really. We'll just let him in and we'll use it as a test. We'll see how badly it goes.
0: The main thing that's changed with this plan, as I can see it, Adam glancing at it, is just that the situation has become more dire, and therefore the planning it seems more or less reasonable depending on how desperate you are to stay safe or to go see some music. So yeah, I mean, look, I don't think Andrew's ever gonna be out of the news. Aww. I've not seen any more as regards to him you know, kind of reaching out into the world of wrestling. Mm. Although I will say when I was searching for this show that we're about to watch, I did find some other wrestling outfits called WWA. I may go for an outside boys pick this year. Maybe we'll see what happens with that. There
1: are multiple WWAs. When I was doing my research for this, it was like, Having to separate through three or four different companies in the news because there's so many different WWAs around the globe.
0: There's one in Puerto Rico, I believe. There's one that one was... One in Korea. Korea. There's one that is a backyard federation that has, surprisingly, a lot of content on YouTube. There's the old-timey WWA that Freddie Blassie was in very briefly. I think there's a Georgia... I think r- so, yeah. ...WWA at some point. There's a lot of WWAs. Basically, what I'm proposing is at some point, I will suggest Crisis on Infinite <laughs> WWAs. <laughs> All right. Oh, I am inevitable. <laughs> That's all Andrew wants to do is he wants to get rid of thirty percent of the population so that he can have his COVID safe festival under the stars. <laughs> He's a lot more reasonable than Thanos. A only seventy percent. B, you know, you know, he wants to some music. That's all right. You know. All right. So last
1: time. We were at the Retribution in December of 2002, and we were in Glasgow, Scotland, which I want to point out, just so I make this clear on the podcast, when I was saying Glasgow last time, that was merely making fun of the fact that all the Americans say Glasgow. I know that it's Glasgow, all right? I'm not a moron. I know that. Kevin, I know Are that. you
0: getting... Uh, hang on a second, Adam. There's only one person on this podcast who's allowed to be attacked for spoonerisms, and it is me. <laughs> the most clearly spoken, definitely not being silly person. Uh, you know what, Adam? Ha- say Glasgow next time, and have you know for your, <laughs> as a treat? How about that? Is a nice treat for yourself. We're in Glasgow last time, which is
1: on their European tour. The night after the Retribution, they went to the Manchester Arena. Have you been to see anything at the arena, Kevin?
0: I have. I've been to the uh, the MEN uh, to see Rose War, mm-hmm. and I've seen it twice there now. <laughs> Both times, it was because a friend of mine was able to secure me free tickets. One time was before the terrorist attack mm-hmm. and the other time was after the terrorist attack and the terrorist attack that happened in the men was it was very scary because joe used to work there yes. from, from how to she 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 worked in there so when we came back for it and it's like hey we're going in and yeah all i'll say is uh, it's a great arena great place to see a bit of wrestling uh, great place to see Ginger mahal be defeated by aj styles for the title but yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a weird one for me. That one still not a
1: great place to see the WWE because you know how huge that arena is. They sold three thousand tickets out of the seventeen thousand available.
0: You know what? That's better than five star wrestling did. Five star <laughs> wrestling. They put five hundred people oh. in there, and I'd say a good two hundred of them were were, were papered. Ah. And you didn't reach out to you didn't reach out to Manchester's favorite wrestling podcast, did you? You fools! We could have been so powerful together!
1: <laughs> so, the main event for the Manchester Arena was... Just just remember, folks, the Retribution show ended with Jeff Jarrett cheating to help Lex Luger beat Sting for the title.
0: And that was after he had, earlier in the night, had been faced to vanquish the big disappointment Nathan Jones. Yes.
1: So Luger and Jeff Jarrett were clearly like either working together or, you know, they're, they're both cheating to beat Sting. And so yeah. the next night after that in the Manchester Arena, we had Sting tagging with Lex Luger to take on Buff Bagwell and Jeff Jarrett in the main event.
0: You know, it's just that Luger wants to to tag with his buddy Sting, and I don't think he gives a shit. Well, I mean, why would you though? Why would you give a shit?
1: Well, apparently Luger was very outspoken and whiny all throughout the tour. Apparently he was a massive pain in the ass. The only reason they made him the champion on pay-per-view is because Lex had already committed to do the next tour, whereas Sting hadn't committed to anything.
0: Right, the old... uh... WWE commitments don't mean a lot, though, Honestly. do
1: they? Seriously, the 4 pay-per-views in, you'd think by now they would think, maybe we should, you know, plan more instead of just putting all of our hopes and dreams on this one old star who says he's going to join us next time.
0: I think the only difference, though, is when you compare him to, say, like, you know, Kevin Nash or Scott Hall or Randy Savage, you know, a lot of the other names he said they were gonna come and then they didn't come in the end. I think the difference is is that Luger is genuinely the most desperate seeming of all of them. So I I think he'd be like, what the fuck are you gonna you're going anywhere? you know, come on.
1: It's true he's not well, eventually Sting did say that he would commit to doing another tour, so then on the last night of the European tour, Sting defeated Luger and Malice for the WWE title. Luger didn't want to take the pin, so they had to throw Malice into the match to get beat by Sting instead. You
0: tell me the wall gets his main event push, and we didn't get to see it on pay-per-view? Didn't Fuck get to sake, see it. I Ridiculous. I
1: know. Also on that same show, Nathan Jones elbowed Jeff Jarrett in the eye, resulting in a two-hour stay in hospital where he had six stitches in his eye. Eye my eye. <laughs> the end of year awards at the wrestling observer newsletter saw yeah. saw eruption and revolution make it onto the top 10 worst shows of the year revolution was number two the second worst show of the year what what got number one that year Oh fuck, I didn't notice for what show it was, but what I can tell you is that WWE was the second worst promotion of the year, right behind XPW. Wow! Okay! Oh, it was it was King of the Ring 2002, I just remembered. That was the worst show of the year fuck apparently. Off, yeah. fuck, <laughs> off. <laughs>
0: fuck off! Fuck off! Fuck off! Alright, seriously! No, fuck off! <laughs> That, like, right, I get it. Like, it's WWE and you've got problems with it and it's not as fucking good. But are you seriously saying that as a wrestling production? That is like objectively better than the fucking... Re- I mean, I'm actually really annoyed that Eruption isn't up higher than Revolution. Because Eruption had Mark Oof. Erickson and it really struggled with him.
1: Oh, there. bless him. He's not back, I'm afraid.
0: Well, it's funny you should mention... Oh! Hey Adam, dig this! Hi there, my name's Mark Erickson.
1: And I want to take this opportunity to introduce myself... And showcase what I do. I'm a boxing promoter and you're about to see highlights from my shows that I've been promoting over the last few years. Whether or not you're a boxing fan I'm sure you're going to appreciate the way they've been presented for your entertainment and pleasure. So sit back and enjoy the action. And I'll see you at the next show.
0: Yeah, there you go. We got uh, some some clips there. Mark Erickson's show reel was discovered for us uh, all across Australia. All various footage there. Here Wait, you did go.
1: you did you just splice in his fucking show reel?
0: Goddamn right, I did. I, so. Oh man. Once I can confirm whether he's living or dead, I will let you know whether or not he's <laughs> available for your next boxing event. <laughs>
1: So, the next thing in the schedule for WWA is they are planning a tour of New Zealand and Australia, and they're going to do it in early May and include a pay-per-view taping along the way.
0: Is, do you think, going to Australia and New Zealand, is that like a cheaper bet for them now? Because they've done so much international stuff. I mean, globe trotting to put it fucking mildly, in this like, four pay-per-views, we've been in so many different time zones and continents and whatnot... I would assume, given
1: Andrew McManus's infrastructure and with everything being more domestic instead of international, I would assume touring Australia and New Zealand would be cheaper for the WWA. Yeah, Sure. surely. Also, I, I figure that they must surely just decide that, like, we can't just keep touring Europe over and over because it's going to be diminishing returns. You need to give it a bit of breathing room to allow them to want to see them again, you know?
0: yeah i think it's definitely the case that there are diminishing returns from from what you're saying there the later tours between the pay-per-views were doing less and less good i think the Mm. kind of the the gildedness has come off the rose some to speak in that respect
1: plus the tours towards like it seemed like when it started out it was like we're gonna do this and then they do that and then the further into the wwa you get it seems like there were more we'll do this and then we cancel that and now we'll do this no we can't do that anymore that's cancelled
0: well as long as you're being seen to have plans that's almost as good as having actual plans right yeah such as them cancelling this new tour that they were going to do in early may
1: because sting can no longer make it unfortunately so that tours off the books
0: unfortunately sting side an exclusive contract with uh, Sprite to beat up a child for the next two years in the cinema, so he can't do it anymore. Sorry.
1: But Sting is back on board again, and now the tour is going to be in late May instead, so we're we're back on, everyone. Don't don't worry. Don't make plans. Jesus we God. are doing it for no, just later in the month instead now.
0: You know what? I think Sting is someone who you know, I I watched a lot of them in TNA over the years and that's where I have seen the most of Sting, you know, mm. and that's kind of ridiculous. I understand seeing the most of Sting when he was in his, you know, fifties pretty much, dressing up as the Joker and running around with yep. a crow and all that. Great times. <laughs> 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 this will become a full fledged TNA podcast by the end of Oops. this episode, I fucking guarantee you. But it's something to say about him. I know he's a Christian. I know that he likes to consider himself, you know, not the typical mold of wrestler, and that he feels he's quite a quite charitable guy. He's quite yep. giving. He's very outspoken about not doing things for money, doing things that mm-hmm. he thinks is the right thing to do. At what point does that become him being a bit of a fucking sucker? Because I really felt strongly. I remember in 2013 and fourteen when there was this big clamoring for sting to go to wwe and just wrestle the undertaker yeah come out come out of that cabin sting i'm pretty sure the shadows behind that rainy tree are in the shape of a scorpion i have done it on after effects (laughs) it is true and i felt sorry for him because i do feel like he's someone whose heart is too big for its own good not enlarged oh jesus just too big for his own good because someone like andrew mcmanus somehow was able to go I'm just a dynamo lock multimillionaire, and, and I really, I can't do my wrestling tour unless you, and you know, Sting probably sees all these youngsters who, and there's a lot of youngsters in the WWE that she'll be pointing out. She's through yeah. a few mm-hmm. legends who mostly don't show up. It seems like the man is just absurdly giving it. Ah why would you be going back to the wwa now Sting? after all of this
1: i don't get it sting's decision making came up a lot in my research for this and i just there's a lot about this guy that he definitely does not fit the mold of typical wrestlers and i don't really understand his like thinking like Mm. at this point in time where we are here in the wwa there is so much talk about sting finally going to wwe and sting himself is saying in interviews <laughs> and stuff like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna at this time i'm actually gonna go to wwe they've got a good oh offer Oh god! and then you hear something like vince saying and then vince said to sting that he wanted a decision by this weekend and sting was immediately turned off by that and he doesn't want to do it anymore now because he doesn't like a deadline for a decision and it's just like this is big business we're talking about this is like the big wrestling company it's not the worst thing in the world if they're going to ask you to make a decision by the weekend, you know? He he just... He doesn't seem to work mentally like other wrestlers do. He makes decisions in a very different way, I think.
0: And I think he made the mistake of making a very bold statement around about this time. And he was like, I turned on the TV and I, we mentioned the season three. It's the bit where The Rock goes, who the hell are you to book your team? Yeah. And he's like, I saw that. I'm like, I can't good conscience ever work here. Mm. And he was... He was bringing that up in 2012 and 13, like when they stuff was Undertaker. And I'm not sure it's the case that, like, here's a guy who just wanted to do the best business possible for himself. And for some reason, he was unable to actually affect that business. And he's got a nice handy-dandy moral excuse. What I mean, very cynical, Adam, I would maybe think that. But me and my more carefree moods, like I am feeling today, just says to me, the Stinger's watched all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and he wants to go to New Zealand. And he can just imagine him there now in various places. Who's up there on the Tower of Orthanc? Oh! <laughs> For fuck's sake. Uruk-hai, it's showtime! <laughs> <laughs> or he's walking around in Bilbo's house. Ow! Just tea, thank you, because he's hitting his head on the... <laughs> The Salvo Baggins is made off with all my spoons! Ow! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, I bid you all a very fond farewell. And that kind of, you know, the ripcord thing that goes... That brings him up (laughs) from WCW. (gasps) Okay,
1: so... WWE and now th- this tour is set in stone we're definitely doing it at the end of march sting's apparently going to go to wwe after the tour but he's he's committed to doing the tour <laughs> first so it's okay
0: oh my god when are we going to get to the fireworks factory look we just have to make sure everything's right for WrestleMania 32 all right <laughs> <laughs>
1: wwa starts advertising the main event sting versus jeff jarrett title unification wwa title versus nwa title and they're advertising Bret hart as the referee for the main event before they've even started negotiating with him a deal for this appearance
0: when are they advertising this adam
1: This is like right before... I think this is going to be in April now. Because when he comes out... No, he he can't referee. There is no way he could referee. And Dave Meltzer said as much in the newsletter. Like, it's known at this point that Brett is not in good enough condition to do physical stuff like that.
0: I know that we talked in our first episode when Brett was there and we said that, you know, this is quite close to when the stroke happens, you know, he has his accent on his bike, which then is kind of like a just this chain reaction of horrible things that happen to bed. It's a real yeah. fucking like just absurdly hard go of it. And that was like, you know, you're talking there a period of like maybe a couple of months before this show. And this show is around the calendar year after he's had the stroke. And mm-hmm. he's looking, you know, he's looking like a man who has miraculously recovered from a stroke, you know, given what he described in yeah. his book about his experience. Honestly how in any sort of conscience good or otherwise that you could be advertising a man who's like learning to walk and speak again for fuck's sake jesus christ
1: it's sickening and like i say apparently they'd not even started seriously talking to brett about this beforehand or anything they were just like yeah let's advertise that and then we'll talk to brett about it after and figure it out
0: well look you know what if you're advertising miss elizabeth and lex luger the last go around i know you know and look i will say about the last episode i think some people took me having a real harsh go at lex luger as if i'm trying to like pass comment on if you could enjoy his wrestling to not do what with that. Said, no not, it's not what i said at all no. i'm talking to you about my personal reaction to that mm-hmm. and as a podcast who spends most of their time talking about and watching stuff to do with people who at best are incredibly fucked up and often terrible people stone cold steve austin etc yeah. like we're, we are never going to come out and say you can't like someone because they're a piece of no. shit you know i don't need to have to fucking break it down to you, you know, with the Lindsay ellis you know thing can be bad doesn't mean thing you can fucking ha- can't watch the thing or whatever hey I mean, you want to go watch those alex luger circa 2001 fucking have at it i'm not going to say it's very entertaining for me it might be for you that's your prerogative
1: i know honestly like you can listen to us talk about our personal opinions on vince mcmahon as a human being like his view on politics, his beliefs we couldn't be any more in disagreement and disgusted by those things. But you listen to the most recent Smackdown crawl and we're both there sat going, oh, I love Vince so much. Isn't Vince brilliant? Because- Yeah, there's a duality can, there. Yeah, you can do that. Like. You know, you,
0: know, you can. I mean, you might think we can't. In that case, fine. You Fair know, enough. H- hundreds of hours of us being raging hypocrites for you to get <laughs> stuck <laughs> into and enjoy. But yeah, it, I, I think that's something that just is bears repeating. I think with Lex, it was one of those issues that because I'd not had a chance to say anything about him yeah. Probably uh. ever. And then the one time it comes up, it was very much in relation to because it was a couple of months before Elizabeth yes. dies. And, you know, that's something that. You know, struck a nerve with me. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're all doing me- well mentally so much during this lockdown anyway. Yeah. That obviously, <laughs> that was just all that joy coming to the surface. But
1: yeah, like, no judgment if you enjoy the wrestling or, like, what? the entertainment of someone like that. Just if you s- seem to think that he's a good human being, though, then we'll have a bit of an issue, maybe.
0: Lads, I liked Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania <laughs> 27, right? I, je- I loved the whole thing, the whole thing. Heel run. I loved it. I loved when Michael Cole brought up his dead mother. I absolutely loved the whole thing. And also, it is really stupid. And please feel free to make fun of it as much as possible. It's all right. It's it's wrestling wrestlers. They're not going to get upset if you make fun of them or not. (laughs) Well,
1: some of them Ah, might. Honky Tonk Man, maybe.
0: Depends whether or not they made it and you didn't, you know?
1: So, May comes around the tour is at the end of the month, we're getting there now, apparently there's been hardly any promotion done in Australia and New Zealand apart from Brett doing a few local media appearances, the promotion side of things is very poor, they've not really been putting a lot of effort into that
0: no t-shirts for this one Adam. I noticed.
1: no, and as if that wasn't bad enough, the fucking death knell here, a few weeks before the tour begins, WWE sends the nature boy Ric Flair to Australia so that he can advertise that tickets are on sale for their summer Australian show shows now. And would you believe, Kevin, that Ric Flair went on the Rove McManus show? Are you kidding me? It's all connected. Rove McManus put Ric Flair in a figure four leg lock and Flair sold for him. Wow. So
0: you basically tell me if this is if this is, we're going back now to season three, if this is open warfare between corporations and wrestling in, in entities, mm-hmm. are you tell me that Rove McManus is the Paul Heyman-esque mole? time? He might just have been Kevin. Fail this moment Uncle Andrew, fail it for the rest <laughs> of your life I have sat next to that goddamn DOTS darts player <laughs> and that brings us up to the
1: 23rd of May 2003 for WWA The Reckoning
0: Reckoning, now they're all got or, or should I say in English are uh, starting words we had retribution, we had mm. reckoning we had... eruption, eruption, eruption. <laughs> hang
1: on, hang on. What was the first one? It wasn't... That was uh, the Rinception. Rinception.
0: Inception. Rev- that was it. Okay. So we went Inception.
1: hmm
0: Revolution. Reruption. Eruption. Retribution. retribution Reckoning. Reckoning. So, ear... <laughs> ear, ear. Error. Error. That's okay. Adam, this is a very special episode as well, because for the first time ever, and good Lord, there's not a lot of this ever happened, it seems, on on a national or or broadcast on pay-per-view. We're coming from the land of the long white clouds. I'm talking about New Zealand, in the house, Auckland specifically. Yep. Woo! Zealand!
1: now that they mention on here this is the first ever pay-per-view in new zealand i don't know if they mean just wrestling or pay-per-view in general because i looked up and they didn't get sky box
0: office till something like 2010 wow i mean it's it's weird isn't it when you think of places you know well, over in that neck of the world and you just i think ignorantly assume when you're english speaking that everything everyone gets everything mm-hmm. now, i i read the many times i was telling you like basic shit that we couldn't get in ireland that mm. you had access to and it's like but why i'm like because there's like tax which means i wasn't able to get pc gamer unless i went across the border <laughs> and had a gun pointed at me for a few minutes <laughs> uh, what what are you doing i just want to know tips and sheets for mary was missing that's all
2: so <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> new zealand though not not somewhere we've seen a lot of stuff from i'm a big fan of new zealand it's my dad's Retired this year And it's his lifelong ambition As a big fan of New Zealand he-, he wants to go to New Zealand He wants just to go there And he couldn't have picked a better time To retire as a doctor Aww. Or to want to go to Somewhere very 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 far away That has very few cases of this virus
1: I know your dad is a rings head Does he want to do lo- The Lord of the Rings tour And see all the places like... Well
0: my dad is pretty much A to scale size of a larger Hobbit <laughs> And I think he'd be very happy in there Indeed yeah. you know like up <laughs> yeah, when-
1: moving to Hobbiton like- <laughs>
0: uh, pretty much the, in the extended version of Lord of the Rings, that first five minutes is what my dad, I believe, thinks retirement is. It's just like Samwise Ganji <laughs> looking at a plant, you know, Bilbo waxing lyrical about spoons and where they may or may mm-hmm. not be. I love I love New Zealand. I love it in both the obvious, bleeding heart, liberal, everyone loves yeah. New Zealand in 2020 because it's a really nice country and it seems that they run things it away there that's great mm-hmm. although i have heard from friends i know who live in new zealand that there's a prevailing sense of all these fuckers who come over to new zealand because they think it's some sort of paradise really piss us off and <laughs> that's your that's your that's your prerogative new zealand i'm fine with that lamb i love lamb and it's <laughs> very very good my brother's music teacher who then became our vice principal in our last two years of school he was also from new zealand yeah and he was very good because mm-hmm. he had that new zealand voice where he didn't have to raise it because he just sounded oh uh-huh. he means business there and his son is an accomplished drummer who uh i, oh. I follow on instagram still so what? yeah
1: um <laughs> hallmarks of new zealand basically you love it
0: Look, Dakota Kai. What can I say? Fabulous yeah. wrestler. I'm a I'm a card-camming member of Team Kick. I was with Dakota Kai all the way through the early days, all through having her, her limbs broken by Shayna Baszler, and now that she's an asshole, I'm here for Dakota Kai as well, and her large-shouldered henchwoman Raquel Gonzalez. So it's all good, Adam. I'm even starting to talk about, you know, fly of the Concords, yeah, or my boy Takawa'i'i, or the hunt for the wilder people, or what we're doing in the shadows, or all the fabulous stuff. That, it's a great country, Adam.
1: Well, I I love Lord of the Rings, and when I get married, I'm going to have the one ring, and we'll go on holiday in New Zealand, so I think maybe I'm just a bit more of a New Zealand head than you are, Kevin.
0: What is your favourite part of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> my favourite part what's your favourite if you could pick just one bit and I've done all of Lord of the Rings movies for Cinema Swirl and I even had to start a Patreon and get into a certain tier to get to do all of them because Sam hated them so much and I had the best time all the time and you I think you and I have watched Lord of the Rings together oh, a few times yeah, as well yeah we, we
1: did a few times yeah that, that's where the Bilbo love came from. Like, yeah. I, I feel like there was a good fortnight or so where constantly me and you would just look at each other and then go,
0: <sighs> <laughs> and try to grab that, each other. That's one of the main things that lockdown has actually done is that I would do that to you all the time. And I can't do it now because if I do it, it really peaks the audience. <laughs> 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 so I might just give you the... The face or whatever, but you know.
1: Genuinely, genuinely, this is going to sound silly, but I think, in terms of just shit, sit back and enjoy it, I do think Bilbo's birthday party might be the highlight of the whole series because there's no stress, there's no anxiety. It's just, look at all these lovely lads having a lovely time. I,
0: I did that for my 21st birthday. I did the speech and then I ran out of my own house and ran away. <laughs> I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> ran away. <laughs> yeah, but I took the cake with me, though, so you know. <laughs>
1: Kevin, the cake is still in your pocket.
0: <laughs> so I think you know I've had a lot of a lot of time with Lord of the Rings, and I think just it's got to be Aragorn in his many guises, I, I, I can I literally can't pick between him kicking the helm and going. Nah!
1: What about, let the Lord of the Black Land come forth? Yeah,
0: and a a sneak third one. And I will die as one of them! (laughs) That's a good one. That's That's, a really good one. That's a great one. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good time to be had. That being said, I've not watched all the Hobbit trilogy, which is currently what I'm proposing to, to try and do for episode 30 of Cinema Swill for, for, for Patriot. <laughs> we are over 45 minutes
1: in and we've not got to the opening pack. Good, I'm, I think we should leave all this in, but I do feel like I should be the, the, the teacher on the field trip here and say, alright everyone, come on, we've got places to be. The demonstration's no, right. at noon.
0: It says a lot about New Zealand though doesn't it That we could talk it about love of New Zealand for a whole po- Look we've got an hour 45 pay per view to get into And I'm not looking forward To it quite honestly <laughs> yeah. And because I can say from the bat Of WWA Reckoning The best thing that it has gone for it is that Like if you ever went to a haunted house And some of the ghosts in there reminded you of Better times <laughs> It's Duh. WWA The Reckoning Slap Uh, not much of an intro there. It's... Yeah. The quality of the available copies of WWE The Reckoning leaves something to be desired. It's the worst one yet. I
1: think you can get on video on demand, you can get like The Eruption and Retribution. Yes, there, but not this. No, no. not this one. Because I, I was tempted, like when I saw the quality on YouTube... I was like getting my card out ready to buy the video on demand version instead, but it's not available, unfortunately. I was
0: the same, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's frustrating as well when I could say, and I'll need to remind myself of this throughout, that I believe like the camera production, particularly, is noticeably improved. It is. We've got a proper hard camera that's raised up the right level,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we've got crane shots. We've got roving camera people. It it works. We've got actually one of the best shot pay-per-views WWE have ever done. Probably the best shot one.
1: We get replays for the first time ever. We get like split screen replays where you can see the match going on as well as the replay. Like they have really, really stepped it up for the very last show here. It's just like you say, the VHS quality lets it down.
0: We have a very, very, very much a defined theme tonight not reckoning we're not going with reckoning the theme theme is new zealand hence why we spent around half an hour talking about new zealand there Mm -hmm. so the theme of new zealand how do you describe our our stage here tonight adam it's like some
1: traditional maori totem poles i believe that have been like sort of arranged to make like a
0: fucking like a weird archway and then a load of trees if i remember rightly it is rich in maori culture pretty Mm -hmm. much you know as as in if a form group were told that they're doing world celebrations and they were given New Zealand but all the high achieving kids are in it this is what they would produce mm-hmm. it's like it's artistic it's cultural for some reason it's referred to as being a real coup by Jeremy Borash who <laughs> there's what? Be a lot of quest- yeah a lot of real questions over what's uh, going on in JB's mind tonight JB is pretty much has another job at the moment in time. He's he's ring announcing and working for TNA. And I mm-hmm. think he's talk a little bit about TNA and its relation to the WWE right now. What's happening here in that respect, Adam? Do you know?
1: I have Honestly, I tried to steer away from the TNA stuff as much as I could in my research because I know that it's going to happen one day. Inevitably, we will get into TNA down the line. But all I know is that TNA is officially up and running now. They're doing their weekly pay-per-views. It's going comparatively compared to this. It's going well. And I would say, to me, I reckon the reason why the production is better here tonight is because TNA's production is probably better and it's made WWE up its game.
0: Yeah, there certainly seems to be a little bit of cooperation now, more than a little bit, just because the talent who are here tonight and the structure of the show, you're not feeling like this is some sort of a ramshackle Vince Russo tribute edition even though Russo's running the shop over in TNA at the moment yes but it feels like there's just a lot more competence here whether it's the camera people or whoever sat down with a pen and paper I think Jeff Jarrett may have more of an actual hand in the booking of the show just because it seemed a lot more consistent tone and style wise to like this was a lot more like watching a tna show than it was like watching a WWE show because i've watched those early tna pay-per-views
1: yeah and the roster basically is the tna roster at this point like yeah. N- nwa wwa and tna they're all kind of like their rosters are a bit like nebulous and just sort of combining and merging together at the minute
0: the main names who are in wwa who are not in tna are not here tonight so names Mm. like chronic you know like luger (laughs) obviously showed up very briefly in in tna but you know names like you know lenny and Lodi, you know mark madden you Mm know fruits and suits fruits and suits since and suits Midasia, steiner yeah. like a lot of the, a lot of the people who are like kind of synonymous with the t with the wba like you're not seeing them and they're and they're also not in tna at the moment as well right so it's not a case that tna has taken its talent is more that honestly it feels like there's, tna has given them more than they've taken away in any respects here but it almost feels like everyone other than andrew mcmanus knows that it's uh it's a takeover not necessarily hostile yeah.
1: No, I I feel like, yes, TNA are giving a lot right now, but I feel like it's more so that they can reclaim an awful lot when it's time to, you know, come picking up the carcass of WWE. I'm pretty sure Jeff knows at this point that WWE is not long for this world, and there won't be much longer left.
0: Also not long for this world, the Starettes, who find themselves bumped off the card tonight for Uh the Tamatawa Warriors instead, with their traditional war dance, giving us a little taste of the hacker. Adam, Mm -hmm. any, uh, familiarity with the hacker the traditional new zealand war dance for the game of rugby it's often seen
1: that's pretty much my familiarity of it is it you see a lot in rugby and when we were in primary school we thought it was very silly and it was something we should all make fun of oh
2: really oh
1: yeah tell me about that (laughs) i don't think i need to you can imagine a bunch of 10 year olds being like (laughs) pretending we're doing hacker and stuff on the playground. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and also as well at the end of this, the traditional hacker has got pyrotechnics at the end as well. Oh, fuck's <laughs> They're really underwhelming.
1: Yeah, so we get that and then I I should say we have the tantric package after they do the hacker, I think. And another slap in the face! Exposition It's yeah, it's just standard. Actually, no, it's it's a bit better than the usual WWE package because it does recap things and it shows you events yeah, that have happened in the break. Yeah, it works. And you have to have it because <laughs> this ain't Luger's WWA anymore, folks. No, but literally, like a minute into the package, I don't know if you caught this, you can hear JB's mic go live while the package yeah. is playing. I literally, you can just hear him go. I can't hear you, but I can hear you. already, already. 60 seconds in, JB is having issues with the microphones, and
0: I did like his microphones came in right after the phrase tonight for the first time. Are we ready yet? Are we? Are we? Are we on? Can you hear me? <sighs> oh, 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 we get the exposition lasting so long here. We get the rare second verse of <laughs> revolution. Of
1: revolution.
0: Yeah. Where it's like, look at this photograph. <laughs> for fuck's <laughs> sake. Well, folks, tonight it's war. The battle lines have been allegedly drawn as the WWA looks to kill the National Wrestling Alliance. Fuck off. First time ever, live from New Zealand. Nice big camera setup. Of course, we've got no Mark Erickson, but Dave Pencer of former WCW fame, and he's a legit voice in the world of wrestling. He's there looking looking only as Dave Pencer can look.
1: He does a fine job. I Honestly, I don't think I made any notice of the announcing tonight, which means that it did its job, I guess. You know, he was there and he did it. He just missed the time where he went, Ladies and gentlemen.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Frontier Psychiatrist.
2: <laughs>
0: coming up to open things off. It's the not-hometown boy from Australia, Mark Mercedes, taking on the dog-faced gremlin oh, oh, oh it's rick steiner um you want some come get some you don't like me bite me before we talk about mark mercedes and the research i've done with him, adam, adam i was wondering if you could tell me what your favorite dog-faced gremlin from popular media is <laughs> favorite there's so many
1: i now my <laughs> my my first reaction was to say the bit in the mask where the dog gets the mask on but that that's more like a gremlin-faced dog than a (laughs) dog-faced gremlin Uh, I'm gonna go with Stripe the the leader of the gremlins from Gremlins
0: yeah Yeah. I'm gonna go with the Ocarina Time render of a Moblin because he he's he's quite like a dog-faced a bulldog-faced gremlin (laughs) walking through the Lost Woods stabbing at a dog just fucking stabbing with the thing do you want to know some information about Mark Mercedes? The evil Australian comes out and says, "I hate New Zealand. Of course, we beat you in cricket, their football, and in rugby league." Classic. Mark Mercedes from New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got a New South Wales now. Nice. <laughs> and um, he wrestled in WCW a few times. He's pretty mm-hmm. much notable for being one of the only people who made the trip from Australia and got a few shots there in WCW. Right. He's got the absolute dream of the... You know, I need to have a term for this. If anyone can help me describe a term for this, because it's come up so many times now. It happened, obviously, with the party paramedic last time around. It happened with Mark Madden. It happened with Sean Stasiak. But wrestlers who've clearly edited their own Wikipedia (laughs) entries. Okay. I'm thinking WWE-kipedia, but I don't know if that's the best way to go with it. But it's great because it's like it's his Wikipedia page and it's a lengthy one. It's like, he wrestled in front of 50,000 people at WCW Nitro Fuck in a losing mate. effort to like Ernest the Cat Miller or whatever oh. it is. But I've got two very interesting facts for you. I've got a wrestling fact and a non-wrestling fact, which would you rather have first? Let's hear the non-wrestling fact. He was in an episode of Farscape. <laughs> Good for him Ress, in fact, (laughs) is trained by the Malenkos, Dean and his brothers Oh, cool Pretty good pedigree there Yeah, not bad Disco Inferno joins us on commentary Although there's something a little bit different about that tonight How do you mean? He's not referred to as Disco Inferno all night Oh god, you're right! I didn't even notice that, he's Glenn Gilberti Yeah, Glenn Gilberti, G-double, (laughs) G-dick, G-fuck-off, I'm not doing this (laughs)
1: Someone I didn't realise this until recently, Kevin. You know that clip of Conan's podcast where they mention my name and they get it wrong and they all have a big laugh. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise one of the other voices there was Disco Inferno. <laughs> 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 we didn't even notice it was
0: him. <laughs> oh baby, how That's good is so that? Fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god You've been tittered at by Disco Inferno By Disco, yeah, I know Oh my god, jealous Fuck me, man <laughs> So yeah, Glenn Gilberti Let's not call him Disco Inferno Mm-mm. Because we'll, you want to get the new name over That's yep. alright First thing he mentions on, on tonight's commentary Is that the flight was extremely long to get here
1: Oh, good for you, mate Who cares?
0: Rick Steiner Pretty much full of woofs and swears Throughout this one uh, you know he he runs around he goes oh, oh and then he goes fuck <laughs> he's a kind of like scott steiner if you all right stick with me here folks all right mm. steiner scott steiner scott steiner he's a law unto himself that's totally yeah. fine but rick steiner almost feels like there's a different branch of an evolutionary path he could take uh-huh it's like he used the he use whatever turned scott steiner into scott steiner in the last 10 years it feels like rick used this when he was a low level in the mid 90s he's like i want to become crazy now and it's like, <laughs> it's fine it's a different move set to what scott has because scott mm. built it up like pikachu you know and then yes. you'll get the right shoe pikachu dynamic going on here mm-hmm. a little bit so rick steiner is a fascinating person to watch because he is wrestling like Weird old Scott Steiner with his mixture of submission moves and dangerous power.
1: I actually really like this match. I thought Rick yeah. Steiner was great here. Like, he's very, very entertaining.
0: I will say for an opening match, you know, having the big, the big bad heel from New South Wales got beaten up by the big good guy from Minnesota. That's all well and good. I would question the logic of having a man in a singlet and a t-shirt facing the only other man in a singlet and a t-shirt here tonight. <laughs> it is basic but very effective stuff. And yeah. the crowd, Adam, whoa boy. This is why they bring back Glory of the Rings and The Hobbit came back here because the crowds were so hot for for the Fortress of barad falling down.
1: Honestly, it is, it's like New Zealand has never, ever, ever had a wrestling show ever before because these guys give them everything. It is such a good crowd.
0: But unlike Eruption, where we very much felt this tangible sense of people didn't know how to act at a wrestling show. Mm this very much you know people know exactly what they're doing here yeah they they, they know how to
1: be a crowd
0: and not only are they wrestling crowds they're a 2003 wrestling crowd more on that Mm. in the later they're ready to ruin some promos if you know what i'm saying (laughs) rick steiner's comeback is equal parts stiff and beloved by the people of new zealand he gets a top rope bulldog which barely barely martin mercedes could be best described as having all the tools and abilities to just about keep up with rick steiner he was just going to go out there and do what he did regardless of his opponent yeah. the dog-faced Grem win picks up a victory here <laughs> and then on commentary which pricked my ears up and i rewound to make sure jeremy borash at him folks tonight Bret hart returning to the ring to
1: the ring he's the returning ring to the ring
0: hey
1: that's not the last time they make an allusion to bret hart wrestling here tonight i can't believe it
0: well what what road are they going down here what could they want you to be thinking i mean after he says bret hart's returned to the ring he turns to disco and he turns to sorry glenn gilberti (laughs) and slowly goes man what an incredible 12 months for the hitman implying that like he's he's been through these ups and downs and now he's returning to the ring.
1: <laughs> it's one thing when you're fucking advertising on posters like Bret Hart's going to be a referee at this match. You've got our money. We're watching the pay-per-view. The everyone's already in the crowd in their seats. Why are you pretending that Bret Hart's going to be in the ring wrestling?
0: There has to be a way to say that he's coming back but also he's not going to be doing the thing he was advertised.
1: Yeah. Honestly.
0: <laughs> so the lights go out.
1: Oh. Oh, who could it be? Wow! Oh, that sounds wow. like Sting. If I know Sting, oh wow. he'll be in the rafters like he used to do in WCW. Can we get a camera up there? Can we? Well, he's got to we... be down here on the floor somewhere. I don't no, know, okay, like, let's look know. in the crowd some more. Can we just... Oh, wait, hang on. Apparently, Borash says he's there. Look, he's. can we get the camera to... N- Phil, Phil, swing. You-, you need to point... Get a spotlight up there for... Hang on, he's trying to find his contact no, lens. No, that's just a contractor. Ignore him. I, there he is. That's right now. Now, zoom it. The zoom. No, the, no, no. The that's the wall, the side brother. The ca- be careful. Oh. It's
0: the wall. What are you doing? <laughs> My favorite part of this was where Jeremy Borash goes, and the spotlights are searching when they're just like the hard camera on darkness. Honestly. It's just you can't see anything. <laughs> I I'm not trying to poo-poo on things. The spotlights were searching because when they finally panned out right at the end, you could see the spotlights searching around. Yeah. It's just that they managed to maintain a moving shot for around 15 seconds going mm-hmm. throughout the arena and they managed to, like, dodge all of the light. It was like yeah. fucking going through lasers in a hitman. <laughs> How did you not pick up any of the light? That's amazing.
1: (laughs) They finally fucking find Sting. Wouldn't you know, it? he's in the rafters, the bit with the big fucking light on it. And
0: that's right, baby. I'm here, and I'm back in brack. I mean, back in black, (laughs) baby. And I'm the Stinger, which means I like rugby. Woo! And Jeff Jarrett, your guitar's a wallaby. What the fuck is this pandering shite? He
1: says... His baseball bat represents the New Zealand All Blacks and Jeff Jarrett's guitar is an Australian Wallaby. And as we all know, Kevin, the New Zealand All Blacks could beat the fuck out of a Wallaby any day of the week.
0: Okay, the Australian national rugby team are referred to as the Wallabies. I want to make sure, once again, we got to say it's a sting. He sits down with the lonely planet travel guide. He gives it a good thumb and through of the of the introductory remarks and he writes his promo and he gives it to you.
1: I mean, the crowd liked it. The crowd buy into this pandering, I guess. It's just... I've never understood Sting as a character. Really? On it, he's this fucking mysterious, oh. scary looking guy that sits in the rafters and you think like, oh, he must be very quiet and brooding. And then he's like, whoa, <laughs> I love rugby, man. And it's like, what? I don't get... there's a big big disconnect
0: i guess it's a rush out of praying man you know what i'm saying it is
1: a huge (laughs) disconnect and then he became the joker like i don't understand his the psychology behind his character yeah
0: but like adam like he had to become the joker how else is he going to take away madison rain's power from the knockouts division duh
1: we'll get to it one day
0: amateur hour over here if he was to come to your hometown of staffordshire what would be the pandering promo that he would do. Would he be like, "Woo, I like boilers"? Right, okay, now, no,
1: no, 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 no. You're talking about boilers because Boiler Man is the the mascot for West Bromwich Albion, which is a Birmingham-based team. So don't don't get that mixed up with Stafford. Oingers, my boingers, my apologies. Gen- <laughs> Genuinely, honest to God, I. I cannot think of a single example. So little culture does Stafford has. <laughs> he, he'd have been better off coming in and saying, like, my bat represents Pokemon and Jarrett's guitar is Digimon. Like, that that would have been more effective than any local references.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, I like to think if he was, you know, you know here in, in where I live currently in Salford. He'd, he'd just take a picture of Morrissey and start hitting it with a baseball bat. Like, and hey, hey, hey. You know, or, or he becomes the new Morrissey. He does his, uh, his face painted like a very Morrissey Fuck type of a way. Hell. You know, the way that he became the new Joker once we decided we didn't like Heath Ledger anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would say Sting would go down very well in Ireland. I think he'd go down very well in Galway as well. I mean, mm. look, if Chris Benoit can cut a promo to make an Irish crowd pop, Sting can fucking do it. We want to hear one thing. We want to hear that your your intentions to have a pint of Guinness. That's pretty <laughs> much it. And I would say my hometown of Galway, where I would consider my hat to be very firmly laid in Ireland, if he came there, he just have to mention any number of things. He could just go, oysters! Woo! I'm like, yay we've got a lot of things that we can hang our hats on at any point in time you know john
1: mahoney from frasier coming to town and doing a little bit of fishing wow!
0: yay! <laughs> that was good and you know if sting met john mahoney in-, in galway like i did he wouldn't have two bottles of buckfast in his arms looking like <laughs> a fucking ne'er-do-well coming up next it's time for a little bit of action that will remind you that this is, in fact, the WWA. Yes. As Puppet, the Psycho Dwarf, takes on Meatball and takes on T.O. Totally outstanding. Not a pimp or a king. Life comes at you
1: fast. <laughs> what happened to the pimp gimmick? What's that? Where did that go? I
0: don't know. Has he been impeached? What's, what's going yeah. <laughs> on? He still demands a bow as well. I don't yes. get
1: this Adam. I I don't understand. And he even does like a big lengthy, like three minute promo at the start here. And I still don't understand his character. I There's, appreciate it. The, my only takeaway from it is actually JB misspeaking. I don't know why this made me laugh so much, but Puppet goes, you're asking yourselves why I call myself the midget killer. And JB goes, I'm dying to know why he calls himself the Mil-j- midget. <laughs> <And that's> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Highlight of the night. So, all right, Puppet, kind of uses i like it though. you know it, it, this really feels like if you're watching something like like an old 60s series that has lots of episodes but it doesn't have like a proper finale but you have to kind mm. of imply some extra meaning on the last episode yes. it's the last episode so the fact that puppet here is like a lot of people have been pointing out to me that my gimmick makes no sense so so dig this you see midgets are the true stars of this world also i hate all midgets Concurrently on the basis of that If I was to kill all midgets Which I think are actually great mm-hmm. I'll be the last midget Left therefore the one true star Of the world And he gets big old what chance
1: Yeah yeah big time That That is in full force In New Zealand
0: Takes him back a little bit Because you know, he's mm. been probably The most consistent promo that I know yes. he's so fucking mad but no, he's he has a, been He's been given the most mic time and he Mm -hmm. said the same things usually and it does catch him off. And, you know, Puppet doesn't really know what to do with a crowd doing what? I mean, here we are Mm. 17 years later and the pandemic has made us all think that wrestlers perhaps know how to deal with it because it doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So he introduced to his opponent who interrupts him while he's in the middle of his second act of his fucking (laughs) soliloquy.
1: So long, this promo.
0: Shakespeare levels.
1: Meatball. Meatball. I wrote that
0: initially as Pinball. (laughs) That's a great wrestling name. Pinball. Yeah. So Meatball's gimmick is that he's like the world's largest little person. And Mm. he's like, they say he's 200 pounds and all that. He's, he's, He's quite wide set. Looks like he had some difficulty actually like moving in the match though you know and that you know there's this i mean i remember super porky when they brought in the uh, the juniors on smackdown and he was like similarly like a heavy set little person but he had some serious fucking moves to him like he was a big star in mexico mm-hmm. super porky meatball just seems like I don't know, a little bit of a throwaway uh, uh, gimmick This here. guy
1: can't wrestle. Like he, nah. he's, he's tripping all over himself in the match. He looks like he's a real pain to work with, to be honest with you. It's
0: the worst of the many matches that Tio and Puppet have had just mm. because this guy's in the way here. Yeah, on banana peels. literally. And it's quite frustrating to watch a match like this where you kind of see Tio, who fucking brains the camera when he comes out. <laughs> Theo is he, so high energy. He fucking smacks it with his head, mm. and then JB's goes, look out for Theo. <laughs> now they call him Theo with a hate and they Fuck's give sake. his name play T E O, even though they went out of the way to say that it's T per T dot O for totally outstanding. Yeah, they
1: they explained it themselves this time. Total E outstanding.
0: Now, have we got a hotter crowd ever on the Ed Share podcast than this? They treat this match which is basically Meatball sabotaging the same match you've seen the last four pay per views, except there's no weapons and there's no Medasia. That's pretty much this match. It's a lower tier offering than the previous ones. But the crowd, Adam, I can't think of a more hot crowd. This is like Rock Hogan. I shit you not. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm genuinely struggling to think of a time where we've seen a crowd be more generous with their cheers than they are here tonight. Seriously, they are fucking blowing the lid off this place for anything they get.
0: I mean, yeah, it's it's very, very similar to what we've seen before. Mm. I think the main thing that I I picked up from this is that T.O. had a couple of new moves. There was this cool thing where he does, like, you know that Jeff Hardy corner dropkick thing, but he kind of flings his whole body that was pretty awesome Mm -hmm. Tio gets the swanton kinda (laughs) yes
1: decent enough
0: he picks up the win kind of we all knew going into this maybe that's probably what was going to happen I mean there wasn't much from the other guys it felt like they struggled with a third person in there why they were made to do this I don't quite know
1: honestly it was decent enough by WWE standards We're, we're two matches in and I was taken aback by how the presentation is much much better this time and the wrestling has been good if not okay so i honestly i I wasn't complaining at this point
0: i mean i will say it's definitely continued the trend from last episode around where i would say there definitely was an increase in the quality for sure yes here's something i never thought i'd be saying in my long podcasting career we cut backstage for a promo from johnny swinger here he is looking like fucking
1: big cass and drew mcintyre had a baby
0: johnny swinger fascinating individual in some respects i think he has appeared on previous wwa episodes yeah i think he was here last time i think i I mentioned to you that he was the part with simon diamond he was paired up in ecw Mm. he had a few shots in wwe as a jobber you know johnny parisi i believe they called him always had a million dollar body was you know always looked great looked like a wrestler never was able to make all the tools kind of come together for him and click Mm. i think you can see here from the promo that johnny swinger is lacking in the charisma department and i didn't think i'd be coming to you in 20 fucking 20 with this and i don't watch their product pretty much at all other than a few little clips i see here and there when johnny swinger on impact wrestling in 2020 is amazing he's really come back and he's like got adam he's got this gimmick where it's basically he thinks he's this old school wrestler so he wants to hold the old wrestler's court with people and you know he's just like the old rock and roll wrestler right. he wants you know. Once there, where's the party where are the beers you know okay. where are the where are the ladies <laughs> you know i'm taking you to wrestler's court and i'm glad that he still has a place for himself in wrestling he looks like a mole that's an old man but he looks like you know a, a full-grown tenured wrestler here i wouldn't think looking at this ah yeah he will be wrestling 20 years after the no
1: fight. he doesn't look like a young rookie or anything
0: now he's part of a four-way which is going to determine the winner of a unification match and it has led to one of the greatest sentences in a promo ever and of all the sentences to get Johnny Swinger who is not a great speaker to do this is not one of them when I leave here tonight with the NWA TNA X Division Championship (sighs) and WWA Cruiserweight International Championship belts lads (sighs) Sort those titles out. What the fuck? One more time, Kevin. When I leave with the N end- I <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I hadn't done a big enough breath before. <laughs> when I leave with the NWA TNA X Division Championship and WWA Cruiserweight International Championship belts... <laughs> fuck me. we uh, He's got some words, obviously. Mm. Uh, we cut to Frankie Kazarian, a.k.a. KAYERS! And he is <clears throat> exceptionally handsome in a blue zone. And he's like... Hey, I'm the future and future looks good. Even this guy thinks so. And then they did a crash zoom on the Willy of the statue. Yes. Like
1: it's
0: got Willy. Who was on the camera? And were they 14 years old? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good chance, like because <laughs> I would have like I rifan like all little mini DVDs I made when I was 17. I'm like Zoom, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next.
1: Ugh. oh boy
0: another one of these wrestling matches Ugh. and um devon storm taking on uh conan seriously all right you <laughs> can't even say the guy's fucking name right now. <laughs> <laughs> that'll never get old no honestly
1: it's golden De-
0: devon storm who in our last go you're, you're confident now who he is? You're happy with that? I need to give you a refresher. Oh, he's the one that bumped up oh, his Oh, fuck track.
1: off! <laughs> no, genuinely, genuinely.
0: Is he the guy. Yes! Yeah, honestly, he is. You're not allowed to forget about forgetting. Jesus Christ! It's you, getting worse! It used to be Crowbar, right? How have you added a step between you and forgetting who Crowbar? Jesus! I'm not. This isn't a bit I genuinely didn't remember.
1: oh my god that's it it's crowbar our old friend friend of the podcast crowbar one of my personal favorites
0: this is like it's literally proven a point why did he become a star in wrestling it's because of whatever this is (laughs) i don't even know what it is
1: (laughs) yeah yeah uh classic one of my faves crowbar happy to see him back Spotted him straight away there. I'm
0: starting to think that Daphne's career somehow got some sort of taint on it from this guy. And that's why her, she never was able to make it big time like she should have. <laughs> David Flair as well, despite the fact of having a famous father. Crowbar drags him into the fucking cloud universe of unknowingness. <laughs> Jesus. So uh Conan, interesting here tonight. He is both wrestling and awake. So. He <laughs> might actually
1: earn his paycheck this time. I mean,
0: I was very surprised to see him out here. It's like Not what I was expecting at all. I didn't expect him to wrestle, or to wrestle a hardcore match, or to wrestle against someone who really has been trying his hardest in Devon Storm. Yeah. Honestly, after last time,
1: I felt sure that Conan fucking hated WWE. He did not want to be here. He couldn't wait to get back out and go to America again. But now he's here. He signed back up again. He's with them.
0: I mean, he's got links with TNA at the moment as well. Mm. I think Conan he will forever and always have a role in wrestling and be considered to be important. You know, I don't think you can look back at Conan and kind of go, nah, nah, his importance was overstayed here, there. At the end of the day, if you're someone who's going to split hairs about who brought luchadors over first, was it Paul Heyman or was it Eric Bischoff? Mm. No, it was Conan. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, what I what I take from it is that Conan has always, from Puerto Rico to Mexico to, you know, Japan, TNA, WCW, even WWE, you know, I mean, the current storyline they're doing with Alea Mysterio, that's that's a Conan storyline from WWA from back in the day. He did the exact same storyline with the Colons. And I think, you know, he is a legendary figure. People have often said to me, he's the Hulk Hogan of, like, Puerto Rico and Mexico in, in his own kind wow. of world. And I don't know if it's, like, that's a fair comparison, just because Hogan's such, like, um an outlier i guess for lack of a better term mm. but conan is a star and you see that here tonight even though i would say he's giving you a solid 31 percent ability here <laughs> <laughs> compare that with devon storm heaven knows he's miserable now and he's trying his hardest but devon storm if anyone is trying to claim the moniker of mr wwa yeah. it's devon storm every fucking
1: pay-per-view he does put on like a big hardcore match where he'll do something spectacular or something crazy and i'll forget all about him again but he is like he is trying his damnedest here to make this a very memorable match
0: yeah fucking hard modes you have a hardcore match inverted commas where the crowd are chanting we want blood before either men get into the ring Oof. and then coden decides we're having a nitro match circa three years ago <laughs> there's very little weaponry compared to what you're used to and i just kind of feel it's dumb to spend four pay-per-views and countless tours building yourself up to have this chaotic, more like ECW style. And then you have a match here where they're going closer to the WWE. Like, yeah, use the chair, but use it when it's necessary. Like, keep it keep it conservative for the most part i agree but i
1: think on this show it might be because they are literally saving like an ecw match for later on in the show where they will mention ecw a lot later on so i think it's maybe to keep let's just keep this as a regular hardcore match and then we can have an ecw match later
0: now obviously i was disappointed that there were no weapons and i was glad that my voice was heard on commentary because glenn gilberti spends the entire match complaining about the lack of weapons hell At one point, demanding that one of them gets, and I quote, a dagger or maybe a gun to end this quick. me. He
1: actually said that, folks. He said he hopes someone shoots their opponent.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, if you saw the Tank Abbott skinned alive match, you know that ending a match with a dagger is like the most fun ever. And somewhere
1: backstage, Puppet was sat by a monitor listening to that like a gun. Okay. Not a bad
0: idea. (laughs) You're crazy, man, but I like it, all right? So, I mean, they brawl. Conan has got the benefit of the crowd being very familiar with his character. They're doing all of his catchphrases. The Rasa is being viva here tonight in New Zealand. We head up on stage where the nice set is immediately destroyed. Yeah. I mean, like, they like lean against the thing and say like... <laughs> <laughs> Did he like drown him in soil or something like that at one it's point? Got very
1: mucky up there, didn't I? It's...
0: There's like one little bit of the stage left standing. And as you're there, JB just goes, Gentlemen, I'm begging you, please be. Very careful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can't afford another set. It's our last chance.
0: Set priority number one. Then maybe Levin Storm. Then maybe Koda. Maybe. That's where JB is at in terms of his, uh, his his bleeding heart tonight. The New Zealanders are delighted to see the set fucked. They demand to see one more time. Like do it again. They like see stuff fall over. Really annoyed someone didn't throw someone into the volcano. Like, I think that's the only way you would have really killed Nathan Jones. Is throw was him
1: there a there? volcano there? In
0: an in, in, in eruption. Oh, in the yeah. eruption,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was a huge fucking wasted opportunity. It's no wonder they went under.
0: <sighs> Conan now decides, all right, we're going to have our few spots involving the hardcore yep. stuff. I say Conan, it's probably more like Devin Storm go throw me through the barricade. And then, like, you know, do it again. And fucking hell. He dumps him from the ring apron onto the barricade that's kind of very gingerly set up on the sides. not a nice landing it doesn't look
1: safe it looks horrible no. and here i don't know if this has happened on the WWE before or not but tonight we're getting a grunt of the night baby hey at 31 minutes and 32 seconds conan as you say he slams devon storm through the barrier and then No grunt for that, by the way. Slamming a guy doesn't require a grunt. Going for the pin, Conan gets the cover and goes...
0: (laughs) 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 Now, I want to talk about this pin. I'm fucking obsessed (laughs) with this pin. It is the funniest thing in the world. He comes out of that ring in the laziest... (laughs) Like, i never seen something that's both, at the one hand, so lazy, but also slightly dangerous, because he literally slides out of the ring like a snake that has yep. been stunned or something like that. He just
1: flops onto him.
0: He flops onto him, and there's all these, like, pointy bits of barricade, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, when you go out of the ring, how many times have we seen in that where someone's literally right at the end there, and he's going to go up, and yep. then there, there goes the leg, there goes the arm, mm-hmm. there goes the neck, you know, it happens, And he just slides on like he's been poured out of a glass. (laughs) You know, he slides on top of him like he's been poured out of a glass. And then Disco Inferno goes, you see that, JB? That's what I like to call a gravity pin. (laughs) Now, I spent a long time thinking about gravity and this pin and Sir Isaac Newton and visiting his house in Grantham where I had a great time. (laughs) Had a great time aren't all pins gravity pins (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, 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 uh. only if you're a fucking lazy worker will you let gravity do the work for you a good wrestler will be using his own gravity generated by strength
0: i'm just thinking about william regal look at what he's doing he's using the acceleration due to gravity 9.81 you can you could calculate it yourself at home if you do it now (laughs) i was impressed that Devin is able to still show us why he's a capable wrestler and one to watch, mm-hmm. even when his toys and gimmicks were keeping away from him. Yeah. I. <laughs> There's really something stupid here saying this, but I got a little bit of Sabu from him in that, you know, Sabu has the skills. You know, he doesn't necessarily need them always, mm-hmm. but he's like, that's what the people want to see. They want to see the gimmicks, i want to do the gimmicks. I don't want to do that rolling around shit, mm. as he likes to eloquently say. Devin Storm, I think he's got plenty of wrestling skills here. Again, the man can bump out of trousers. <laughs> Adam, once you've Northern Lights suplex summoned onto a chair after throwing, being thrown out onto a barricade, what do you think you should do to kind of build up the momentum? Go on. Set up the barricade again! One
1: more time, baby. Why? Just because.
0: Again and again. And this time, Conan... I, call, I like to call it the gravity slingshot <laughs> class. Where he just kind of, you know, pops over, smashes through the fucking barricades. Devon Storm with the ground breaking the fall of the barricade but not his body Yep. interesting he's a sandwich there horrible terrible bump to take yeah uh devon storm picks up the wind yeah it fucking, that's it yeah it was I, I was surprised conan took that bump at the end i was yeah i mean it was the only real bump he took hardcore was, that's
1: what i was gonna say it was literally the only one he took i the
0: think times as well where during the match gilberti would say things like You got to watch out there. Conan's got a bad back or like, you should stop hitting him there. Conan's got a bad back. He's not going to like that. And he wasn't saying in like kind of a, oh, the match won't go his way. He's saying that like, you're going to get in trouble with Conan. Steady on, dude. And Conan did genuinely look, he was, he was wincing a few times when he was near the ring steps and all that. Mm. He didn't look like he was a happy boy being worked on the back. It was probably the worst match of the night so far, but still grand confidence. It was fine. Yeah, it was okay. It was all right, you know? nothing none, none too spectacular nothing too terrible about it it's sad that Devin Storm couldn't make anything go out of it and I will say one of the biggest shocks of all of it is that there was almost no interest from TNA whatever about WWE I understand he's mm. not their look but TNA you tell me you don't want a guy with long black hair a goatee and jeans that's like half the fucking roster in O2 I mean, what you're describing now is like WWE's
1: 2020 look, really. Like, if it was, if this was happening today, they would snap him up. They fucking love tall dudes with long dark hair.
0: Better build that time traveling CrossFit gymnasium. (laughs) We cut back to Chris Sabin, the X Division champion, who was someone who captivated me in the early days of TNA for sure. Really, I have no idea what happened to Chris Sabin in the last ten years of his life. They lost me around the time where he became the world champion and their biggest gimmick they had for him was Bad Boyfriend. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm Heavyweight Champion of the World and I've got a few things to say to you. Velvet Sky! Good
1: grief. <laughs> Fucking top guy on the card.
0: Cool. Saban is also the future. Much like Frankie Kazarian.
1: Not confusing.
0: I, I'll tell you what. Love both men. Both men have went on to have fabulous careers of significance. Kazarian is... Lighten it up in AEW and Sabin has worked in Ring of Honor and still is, still is a name in wrestling. Boys, neither are you the future. I hate to break it to you. You're just not.
1: Sadly. And this promo. <laughs> Fuck me. At one point he says, Jerry Lynn, you're so old. You're no longer living. You're dying. Like, and he said, he delivers it in this way that it's meant to be like, oh, if you think about it, that's actually cool. But it's not. Give that line to
0: Mike Sanders and he would have fucking knocked that out of the park Adam. Ooh, fucking call the party police i got a fucking promo here yeah
1: right mike sanders who is not here tonight i'm so disappointed because i think honestly the highlight of all of these WWE shows was him saying you come out here looking like you've cut your hair with a knife and fork i think that is the absolute peak of the wwa and i wasn't even that keen
0: on the guy well, Commissioner Sanders' reign of terror is over, Adam. <laughs> you, do we know why? I don't know. He's a real stickler for tardiness, though. That's what I know. I you know what I love about him is that Chris Saban is meant to be in Sports Entertainment Extreme, which is meant to be all the hot young guys yeah. who are, like, flashy and no substance that Russo thinks are the future. Mate, you got to have a few promos on your, your sexy wrestling show, all right? You really got to do that. Jerry Lynn with the Tully Blanchard insert great promo little napkin of the night here i I awarded to jerry lynn for being the man with poise and the dignity that was totally out of place here tonight
1: he gets the golden napkin
0: he gets the golden napkin beautiful promo just humble and he's like i've been wrestling here doing all these different types of wrestling my whole life i've been doing cruiserweight wrestling x-style wrestling awesome shame the term X style wrestling never took off. I I love me some X style wrestling.
1: I'm genuinely sad to say that I actually didn't really catch any of his promo because all I was thinking when I was looking at him is like the only people who are going to tell me I'm done doing what I did. He looks so much
0: like Randy. When we did the wrestler for how to wrestling recently, someone tweeted in where they attended a show. Where he dressed up as oh. Randy the Ram and did it. You know, the costume oh. came out the Sweet Child of Mine. That's mm. awesome.
1: I had no idea. I just thought he looked like him.
0: I will tell you what. One of the nice people I've ever met in wrestling was Jerry Lynn. Really? Honestly, absolute gentleman. Class act all the way. And I wouldn't have described myself as the biggest Jerry Lynn fan in the world. I always liked his stuff with Rob Van Damme and ECW. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of his early TNA stuff. When I went to see WrestleMania, it was when he won the Ring of Honor World Championship and the whole kind of the old veteran trying to win it one more time. And I got to see him just like he was outside one of the Q&A sessions I went to. And I just caught him and I shook his hand. He was just totally fucking, just a nice guy. Oh. I don't know how to, how to explain it because there were so many wrestlers when you met them, it feels like you're either entering into some sort of a weird world where you're going to annoy them in just some mm. daring degree or that they're like, they're going to make time for you or they just seem like that's a class act. And... Jerry Lane was like the guy who'd hold open the door for you and then give you a little smile afterwards. <laughs> you didn't even need to know that he was a great wrestler to yeah. know that he was a class act. Aww. Hey, we're maybe down under, but we're in Zealand. The brand new Zealands, that is. Lol, just kidding. It's me, Kevin, and your old pal, Adam. We're in lockdown. Still exactly where we were when we recorded the other bit of the episode. And we've got a bit of a caption, caption. Contest Contest Coming at you Adam The WWA Has presented Unique challenges With its Low resolution Format (laughs)
1: It's Honestly Whenever we pick A caption That's got like An image of a Recognisable wrestler Like Luger Or Brett I always worry That people aren't Going to know Who they actually Are meant to be
0: but luckily this time, we went with someone that no one's going to recognize anyway. It's Andrew McManus. St. Andrew himself. And I know what you're thinking, folks at home. You might think it's sacrilegious to produce an image of St. Andrew in this, in this manner. But we're, we're forward thinking in this respect. It's okay. Nothing to get too worried about. I'll tell you a couple of things first and foremost. Firstly, Adam, I did not in any way anticipate the level of response that we got seeing is a when we're five episodes deep into what can be best described as a narrow arc yep. i don't know that even would be a long force secondly this was only up for around 24 hours from when we've recorded yeah and thirdly we nearly put a gif in for this didn't we <laughs> we nearly used a gif of andrew getting into the ring and it had the little
1: nameplate andrew mcmanus that would really hammer home that's who this old man is you need to understand But no, we just went with a picture of some old guy stood in a ring with a microphone and the responses are fucking overwhelming. I
0: will say we did provide our own caption, which was admittedly doing more than its fair share of heavy lifting in this contest. <laughs> yeah, we had
1: to let people know who this guy is for a start off, but everyone's on board, lots of responses, and it's honestly, it's looking like a really good one here, Kevin.
0: Uh, this one comes from longtime time Attitude Era podcast listener and fan, Adam Bibolo. <laughs> WWA chairman Andrew McManus appears at the final WBA show $3 side money bags uh, of emoticons there. Adam, that's the best one.
1: Yeah, thank you. I just think it's the most financially accurate one that there is. That just really puts over who he is, what he's worth, why he's here on the podcast.
0: And of course we'd like to remind you here in this caption contest one where we've ironically declared ourselves the winner of it, that the caption contest, after one of our most beloved segments on every episode that we have, and we try to do them as often as you can, we've gotten, God, I've gotten over 200 comments here on Facebook for this. How about you, Adam? Yeah, we've
1: got 112 comments on Twitter as well, which let's remember, like you said, this was our second ever Snaption contest where it was very snappy less than 24 hour turnaround I'm very impressed
0: and if you would like access to the 30,000 plus regular listens of the Out of Sierra podcast you want to have yourself immortalized and your product project podcast youtube series website or hot takes you can let the whole ae gay community know by sponsoring the caption contest any and all details are available of course from patreon.com forward slash Podcast, or you can always email us attitudeairpodcast at gmail.com subject sponsorship but we've had everything and all sorts sponsor us we've had books we've had products we've had podcasts and we've had a lot of fabulous feedback from previous caption contest sponsorees. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The feedback we've been
1: getting is very, very nice. People that have sponsored before have seen a noticeable bump from our lovely fans of the Attitude Era podcast. So if you want to get access to some of our lovely listeners and see what they reckon to your product, please get in touch at patreon.com forward slash Podcast or Podcast at
0: gmail.com. Let's get a caption contest going. Let, Let me get one of them tweets. I want to hear one of them short forms because I will say high concept Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if i'll have enough energy to continue throughout this caption contest because we got some big deep dives here on facebook
1: honestly dude this is going to sound like i'm starting off with the best one already but this is a very competitive contest this week people have really brought out the big guns starting off here with marty ward on twitter with deepest regrets to the bike gangs i know i must apologize randy savage didn't show (laughs) He signed a full contract with conditions and terms, but soon he'll be bone sore while the human spider squirms. (laughs) If I could run a wrestling promotion as crooked as you, I'd wish for prison for diplomatic immunity too. And that's exactly how I feel about the (laughs) WWA being dead.
0: Can I just say that is an absolutely exquisite St. Andrew impression. Oh,
1: I've been working on it. Thanks, pal.
0: (laughs) uh, Michael Francis here. Well, folks, it looks like our time here in the WWA has come to an end. I'd now like to invite my close personal friend Jeff Jiric to the stage and talk to us about the great opportunities that lie ahead in Global Force Gold.
1: <laughs> Very topical one here from our friend Todd Gomez who says, I won this election by a lot
0: in capital letters. <laughs> I know we just got a boss man poem, but such is the you know like Saint andrew like like a lot of the saints you know he, he inspires and therefore yep. you know we can't deny this elder poem just because the format is very similar this is from robert hunter mm-hmm. with deepest regrets and tears that are soaked i'm sorry to say the wwa has finally croaked it lived a mediocre life on its own terms soon it'll be buried and reviewed in the future by podcasters <laughs> <laughs> that rhyme But if I could have wrestling fans as stupid as you, I'd have wished for more fools to scam too. So be brave, be strong, get your life on trick, because your goddamn money's gone and ain't never coming back. (laughs) I will say again, uh, people might think, oh, Kevin, have you been practicing your Andrew McManus? No, I just watched season five and six of Married at First (laughs) Sight, Australia. (laughs) So I've I've got all bases covered as it comes to Australia.
1: Got one from uh, Zach here on Twitter that I think Billy Keeble would be a big fan of. And now stepping up to the hockey here at Alexandra Palace, hailing from Stoke-on-Trent, fill the Power Taylor! Uh,
0: I got so many just strong dark yep. vibes from Andrew McManus there. Mm-hmm.
1: 100%. Amazing one from Noah here on Twitter. I might as well say this now, Sue Cook has pulled out, so if anyone wants to leave, now's the time.
0: <laughs> Nathan Allison here in early doors with the best Simpsons quote I've seen in a long time. Andrew McManus on learning the WWE was ending So that's it, after 18 months So long, good luck Fans, we don't recall saying good luck <laughs> This one of course coming with the caveat of Father's Ted, the great beloved Irish sitcom That suddenly has no creator anymore mm. Very strange Nicholas Nicholas here Andrew McManus accepting the Golden Cleric Award For being a top promoter Well, well, well I see some familiar faces here today Some welcome, some not so welcome but it looks as if I've had the last laugh. A lot of people read it and think I had it in me to become a brilliant promoter. Well, what I say to those people is, look at me now. <laughs> Long time passes, but eventually I got out of his headlock. And where are you now, Lex Luger? And where am I? Here, hosting my world famous wrestling <laughs> show. And now we move on to liars Macho Man Randy Savage, for instance. <laughs>
1: The 94th minute here on
0: Twitter again with another
1: nice little father tad one for us. Uh, that money was just resting in my account.
0: <laughs> Adam will have you know the money was resting in a big brown paper bag. <laughs> Joshua Green. Hey, Mr. McManus. It looks like you've got something to say. As a matter of fact or <laughs> do. I have to go now. My home planet needs me. A note. Andrew McManus was later arrested <laughs> <on> his, <laughs> his home <laughs> Evan Elston here A little bit of a callback to the earlier re- Revelations about St. Andrew Well folks, it seems like I'm a bit Of froth and bubble here Unless I get a sizable Gregory pick <laughs> WWA won't be able to continue So if you could find in your hearts to give a couple of dollars I would appreciate it Nathan Jones and Puppet are coming by with the collection plates <laughs> Oh Jesus That is sad <laughs> Just Hofstetter. This is great. So the first times where like Simpson's quotes have really, really slid in here, like mm. fitting, like a nice pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. I've run wrestling promotions in Broadway, Ogdenvale, and North Haverbrook. And Markham, <laughs> I've put them on the wrestling map.
1: <laughs> one hair from Tristan Carroll. And starting this moment, from now, from this moment on, this will be the moment starting now of the <laughs> genesis of mcmanus
0: i thought WWE genesis would be the next pay-per-view that be
1: <laughs> carl hutchinson we've not mentioned i should say for people that haven't actually seen the image it's andrew mcmanus in his black shirt that is covered in patches and emblems we'll talk about it more on the podcast but carl hutchinson here andrew <laughs> sorry hey that's me <laughs> trying to find a... Have you got like a like a keystone word to get into your double J voice? Is there a word that gets you into it?
0: <laughs> Global forest gold. Uh, the one I always do is I put my hands on my hips and I go, well, I ain't gonna get bigger by looking at it.
1: <laughs> I do, 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 do.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I'll just go walk around until the voice comes. Andrew, that's supposed...
1: I can't stop doing Australian. Fuck me.
0: We have to record a podcast after this. It's gonna be like, <laughs> oh. Who are these Australian men? <laughs> G'day. Welcome to the Energy Podcast. Down under.
1: What the hell's going on? Okay, that's it. Carl Hutchinson here. Andrew, that's supposed to be. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Australia.
0: What the hell's going on?
1: Andrew, that's supposed to be WWA patches on a sponsors blazer Not the other way around. You've ruined a perfectly good jacket uh, Incorrect there, Jeff Eight perfectly good jackets <laughs> Got there in the end
0: We have, uh, you leave all that in place. <laughs> <laughs> Now a lot of people Saw Andrew McManus here And they said that's, it's, it's Kirk Van Houten, can I borrow a feeling? Yes But Tom Bloomfield went the extra yard here can I borrow a feeling? Can WWE lend me a star to plug? <laughs> Sid Vicious's legs need some healing. Take my phony check before I get done by the fuzz. Beautiful. I'm going to say as well, mm-hmm. possibly due to the very dartsmanship nature <laughs> of, of, of Andrew McManus here, I hate to break all to your heart, I don't know much about the world of darts and I'm not going to be able to do your dart references
1: a lot oh. of
0: justice. And that that is sad. Although, Billy Keeble used to have a fabulous bit of stand-up comedy about darts. He had a he whole routine about good. darts. It was great. He did. <laughs> George Miles. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to <laughs> everything you ever wanted, in one moment, would you capture it? Would you let it <laughs> slip? <laughs> Amelia Jade Charlesworth. Here's a song dedicated to the lady over there with the red hair and the cigarette in her mouth. Why do birds... Birds, suddenly... <laughs> it, it's too hard. Well, you get the point. Nick Elio here. The only people that are going to tell me when I'm done doing my <laughs> thing is the Australian <laughs> government. Ha ha ha! i tell you what dude, uh, The wrestler For How To Wrestling Recently mm. Randy the Ram Is big in my heart Right now Nikki mm. made me laugh Big child at, Good stuff Corey Arder Alex Jones About to explain The real reason Behind the <laughs> WWE's <laughs> downfall. I mean Vince McMahon Is deep state As it gets folks Yeah legit on. David
1: Short here And since I had Achieved all my goals In five pay-per-views There was no need
0: For a sixth Good wrestling Good Not great <laughs> We did Did we do a Mad Max comparison In a, f- in a previous episode We did yeah different? We did
1: I literally watched Fury Road last night And I couldn't stop thinking about Andrew McMahon uh, okay
0: Because this one I, I just, This one here from Will Nutt Is Ari And I was like Oh, oh yeah yeah I think we did that We're taking the gasoline And equacola into Town. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people going The end is here
1: Ain't it just folks Derek draws poorly saying this shirt, folks, is sponsored by League of Legends, the epic fantasy role-playing <laughs> game download today.
0: Finally here from Mike Scrimgore, we have caught and compromised to a permanent <laughs> end, of Sam and Laden. <laughs> 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 just andrew mcmanus announcing things it's fun hey that was a lot of fun indeed time to head back down under to new zealand for the last stab at the wwa once again don't forget you can sponsor the caption contest head over to patreon.com aepodcast podcast but for now let's go back and see what saint andrew got in his front pocket for us Cut back to our ring announcer, Dave Pencer, looking here like he's going to betray Steven Seagal in a straight-to-DVD movie. Never trust a man in a tuxedo with a tan and slicked-back hair. <laughs> I got a big laugh out of me from Dave Pencer for this line. I don't know why. Ladies and gentlemen, the reckoning continues.
1: We're still reckoning. I reckon this is going to go on all night, actually.
0: Jerry Lynn, Johnny Swinger, Frankie Kazarian, Chris Sabin, all the light belts on the line... Mm-hmm. And we have some interesting ways to describe Johnny Swinger, who we had a good line uh, from Frankie Kuzarin, I believe it was, where he said, I'm in the ring with two of the greatest cruiserweights in the world and Johnny Swinger. (laughs) I think it's generous to call Swinger a cruiserweight for a number of reasons. Honestly, I'm amazed
1: that he qualifies for this match.
0: Did you like the phrase that JB had to describe Johnny Swinger? What's that? Young veteran. A young Oh, no, actually, the way he laid
1: it out and the way he explained it, I did quite act honestly buy it. How, like, he's a very young man, but he's been wrestling for an awful long time and he is seasoned. He knows stuff. Mm, yeah, he's a young
0: vet, okay. But he's not a grizzled young vet, is he? <laughs> he's not been to so many towns he can't seem to remember them, you know? That's just what I'm saying here. He's clean-shaven, Kevin. We also
1: <laughs> get a line from JB here. This really, really shocked me, the verbiage he used says that Frankie Kazarian was inspired to become a wrestler after he had a conversation with Bret Hart. And Frankie was told by Bret Hart to go off and to train with Killer Kowalski. And now, seven years later, he's here wrestling on the same pay-per-view as Bret Hart. Come on. Nope.
0: He's not. Don't
1: don't say it like that. Why are you saying it like that? i so fucking wrong. You know what you're saying. Wrestling on the same pay-per-view as
0: Bret. Mm. You know what? We'll, we'll get to the Bret section. And in isolation... I think you might come away with a different view of the segment in many respects. I certainly wasn't excited when I heard Brad Hart was going to be the WWA folks. Mm. Again, I was really, really worried. But I think it is important that you're pointing out all this fucking hot shotting and all this, all this hot dogging and grandstanding they're doing here on commentary where they're blatantly lying to you and it almost feels like they're trying to make you get disappointed by a man who's had a stroke in an hour's time. I don't get that. That's it.
1: I'm not talking about it being unfair to the audience. It's unfair to Brett that they're piling on this weird
0: expectation for this guy when it's... Oh, we'll get to it later. Around the fourth time JB tried to explain his term, young veteran Disco Inferno chimes in. Who cares? He sucks. (laughs) Also, interesting to note, Disco Inferno is part of sports entertainment extreme as well. He's sex for life. Yep. And... I thought that would mean that he would be in the firm corner of Chris Saban, who's also sex. But the sex men don't get along in the way that you might think. I
1: fucking hate disc- Sorry, Glenn Gilberti on commentary, because I thought he was the heel, and he would be Jerry Lawler, and just fucking support all the baddies tonight, but he can't make his mind up about which heels he wants to get behind, and which ones he doesn't, and it just confused me with the storylines.
0: And I have watched all of the original pay-per-views with Sports Entertainment Extreme, I've read Vince Russo's two autobiographies. <laughs> right, one with, one now with God, now God free. <laughs> Godless, if you will. Uh, I have re-watched many of the matches on the TNA streaming service mm-hmm. uh, this morning before, you know, Adam, I was ready a little bit before you. I watched Just oh, e Rhodes, okay. which is AJ Styles with Vince Russo being drunk in his corner. It was, uh, he wore a hat and everything and a brown paper bag. But Maybe the, the bigger story here I, 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 I think that the situation, the face slap by Styles last week, has driven Russo to drink. To this day, I don't know what SCX is all about. And I've watched all them shows. I've watched the clip of AJ Styles running into the Sports Entertainment Extreme Locker Room with a chainsaw calling everyone a homophobic slur as well, and I still don't know. And I thought Glenn Gilberty would be like this. Sports entertainment extreme is about this, JB. It's a way of life. It's all about da da da. Except all he does is go, "Oh, this guy's in in sex too. He's good, this guy." And then he all he does is complain about Sabin. Oh, he's like, psych. "This guy's ready to be in. He's ready to be in sex, and he's losing. Stop getting pinned. Kick out one. <laughs> come on, Saban, kick out." And he, he go, "Ah, come on." When Sabin gets hit, ah, ah, ah. Jesus. All right there, fucking Dustin Hoffman sounding motherfucker. It's great. You know what's really great? We're like, oh, I can't bring up anyone where people sound like people. It's great. Just find someone who's a piece of shit and then compare it to another piece of shit. So if there's any wrestlers who are like Kevin Spacey, I'm coming for you. <laughs> the match is fucking insane, man. It's so good. It's so, Whoa. so good. This, and I need to do these because I feel like I'm just peppering the trail with fucking poison breadcrumbs. This reminded me of early TNA so much. Yeah. This, this was what got me. I'd turn in, I'd see a hot crowd, a bright ring, four wrestlers, one of, maybe one I'd know of, mm. and they're going hell for leather. These men incorporate countless four-people spots, yes. three-people spots. It's all the silliness. It's all the gaga and the horse shit and all the stuff that's not meant to get over. In 2003... You can only imagine how mind-blowing this is, Adam.
1: Yeah, honestly, like I was I was still quite blown away by today's standards, to be honest with you. Like I when they did their first like multi-man spot that incorporates all of them, I was like, okay, that was cool. Now they're gonna sort of leave that and do their own like one-on-one things. But no, they keep coming back to it. They have laid out a very clear, very, very thorough plan of all these different spots that would involve all four guys in the match.
0: And there was a part of me, like, you know, was trying to pick it apart a bit, go, oh, it has to have aged badly. And you know, there's a few moments where it's like, Oh, okay. Well, Chris Saban and and Frankie Kazarian are doing a lot of stuff together here. It feels like it's becoming their match now. And as soon as you start thinking that they'd be out, someone else would be in there. Yeah. The fact that Johnny Swinger was able to kind of shine as much in this match as you know Kazarian, who's and you know who's who's more tenured. Saban's only been wrestling three years, and Jerry Lynn, you know, he's an older guy, he's a veteran, and I think. It, it, it was amazing all four managed to shine yeah. usually someone gets left by the wayside i was expecting this to be you know fun plus johnny swinger not to make fun of johnny swinger mm. i just wasn't expecting him to be in there keeping pace and doing yeah. all this crazy shit it was really impressive
1: one thing i was confused about which distracted me from the match is did you did you have any sort of understanding of the rules of how you win this
0: i'm pretty sure it was just first pin wins both belts
1: that's what i thought and uh, yeah. that's that's easy enough to understand but jb fucking confused it and made it like he said the man who gets pinned loses the man who gets two pins wins the match it's as simple as that glenn
0: wait that, that completely caught me by we do get one pin here tonight
1: i i i rewound i rewound three times he says the man who gets pinned loses the man who gets two pins wins the match
0: And it's egos getting in the way. It's this best of nine championship (laughs) title matches here tonight. Kaz does a calf kick. And I believe at the time I was like, I believe he says, I'm the coolest person in the world. And just as I was thinking that, like five minutes later, he looks right in the camera and goes, I'm the coolest person in the world. (laughs) I love that so much. That is
1: so funny.
0: So this is where we know how Frankie Casario is spending his 2003 refusing to cut his hair and then tell him he's the coolest person the in the world. Coolest. I like to think, like, Kaz, can you cut your hair, please? We want to keep that high and tight on Velocity. I'm the coolest person <laughs> in the world. Bite me. Old Disco Glenn spends a good 60 seconds here now complaining about a spot where we get... There's two lads who are in a submission. Mm. And we get a double dive onto the submission, mm-hmm. one of our four-person spots. And he has a lot to complain about that. And I thought, was he going to complain? Because he's like, ah, it's cheating or there? breaking up sports entertainment no no he doesn't care about that his issue is that they didn't land on the legs thus breaking the four legs of the people who were the submission holes shut the fuck up dude like, you, you wish you could wrestle like this hang on, hang on we got it we got a follow-up here we could have had a compound fracture live here on pay-per-view Uh
1: we could have just think of what you've deprived the fans of now like
0: remember Sid being here literally two shows ago he was here and got another follow up here as well Mm -hmm. blood spurting everywhere bones sticking out all that kind of thing so he wants that (laughs) right all I'm saying is when that happened somewhere dead in Arkansas someone was getting fucking beamed in the game of softball by psycho Sid the energy turned too sour for him not to know (laughs) For 2003, it' worth bearing in mind. It it still is blowing us away. Mm. You know, I think when I have strong memories of watching some of a famous wrestling company that now is tainted because of its strong association with the diddlers and all of that horrible stuff. I such. thought that too. Yeah, and it's nice. Don't worry, folks. If your formerly family friendly, wholesome organization from Philadelphia is no longer available, it's all right. We'll always have the WWA. it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sabin
1: does a suicide dive at one point, And this confuses me, actually, because Disco, going by yeah. what you said, it sounds like he's out for blood and he wants to see some broken bones. But Sabin does the suicide dive and Disco goes, What the? Was he crazy? He could have died. And JB goes, No, no, he's the X Division champion, plain and simple therefore immune from any sort of serious
0: injury or death again Sabin's meant to be his guy and he's just complaining about his guy doing this stuff moaning i don't really remember much from sex other than there were sports entertainment extreme and they did a little bit of a raised eyebrow Mm. and i don't recall it being a thing where glenn gilberti was telling them all to slow down out there. (laughs) russo was drunk at one point there's an amazing spot here. Kaz and Sabin. I think it was the spot of the night. Spot of the WWA, to be honest. A top rope, backflip, German suplex. Oh, yeah. Fucking beautiful stuff. It's that lovely mix of reckless abandon due to youth and just confidence because of skills. Mm-hmm. I really, really like it. All four men hit their finishers, except for Jerry Lynn, who does a TKO instead. We get another finisher, flurry. Lynn hits the Emerald Fusion. And then Chris Saban does what could best be described as a shit muscle buster. That's like if I don't know Kid Muscle does it Mid song about Eating rice and cow And he's been really goofy Uh, Chris Saban Picks up the win What? (laughs) What was was that? I don't know Because it's a muscle buster From Samoa Joe Or Uh Kid 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 Muscle Is the power He's also kind of nuts Ultimate Muscle
1: Ultimate Muscle Uh Never seen it mate Never seen it
0: I could sing you the song; it pretty much tells you the whole story of Ultimate Muscle. But I have Dan, the illustrator from How to Wrestling, did join us for a special Ultimate yes. Muscle uh, retrospective at one point. So uh, I'm a big fan of Ultimate Muscle, big fan of the Muscle Buster, which Samoa Joe did here. Sabin, it looked like a feeble Muscle Buster, you know, and mm. I don't know if I want to see a feeble Muscle Buster. I just want to see Muscle Busters again. Full stop. We haven't seen a Muscle Buster stop since. Stop saying Samoa Muscle Joe. Bust. Muscle busted uh, Tyson kids, uh, and he injured him. Busted his muscles. No, he busted his uh, his neck. Actually. That's not that was... so fun. Yeah. No, no. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of not so fun and taking the tone oh, down. Oh no! <laughs> it's the French fries! Cut the fucking music! Here comes the fucking French fries, Shane Douglas. And this is the best Shane Douglas in the world. You know something, you little fucking marks? I was on my way to the PGA tournament and I got <laughs> lost. He's dressed
1: so much like a golfer. He's got the nice blue polo. He's got the nice tan slacks So he's got his shirt tucked into him.
0: Adam Wade, he's, he's vomiting in the ring. <laughs> this is the same era of Shane Douglas. Right. Shane Douglas, he's got something to say. He really does. He's got all sorts of shit to talk, except he can't swear, so instead we get Cut the bloody damn music!
1: Bloody damn.
0: Ooh! Alright! Potty mouth. Potty mouth. Here he is. You know, his tan slacks and his polo shirt. ECW! ECW! I know!
2: I know! What? ECW!
1: He's an ECW legend. I still... That never connects for me, that he is
0: ECW
1: born and bred.
0: If you're again ECW, Chance, why the fuck are you dressed up like a pole watcher? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) So he calls New Zealand a little piece of shit Mm -hmm. And he's got a lot of stuff to say here He's French fries Smart man, he's done some googling here Fair fucks to him There's an athlete from New Zealand, uh, Russell Who um, moved to Switzerland Mm. So you might be reminded about that Let me tell you
1: He says too much He shits on Vince for making WWF into a cartoon He shits on ECW A fucking fucking cartoon
0: You're a fucking cartoon What are you then? (laughs) Fuck are you! If Vince is a cartoon, you just live-action Ren and Stimpy, mate. I hate to rake it here. You.
2: you idiot!
0: You Buck the nature boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> you tried to kill me, man. <laughs> his, his, his promo is basically eyes exploding and boogers being picked off underneath the table. It's pretty gross stuff. He does try and read the room though, doesn't he? Because he's like, I hate Vince McMahon and Ric Flair. Huh? Huh? Nothing. Yeah? Huh? all right, all right I'll, I'll make fun of new zealand then
1: yeah <laughs> and he also has a pop at ecw he
0: basically hates everything he's not keen on out he calls new zealand australia's stepchild mm-hmm. oh if he called ireland britain's stepchild there's a, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a don't you come over here french fries you keep that to yourself he's talking about the age-old question and i really don't understand this now we've obviously Spent a bit of time talking about ECW '97. A few times throughout season one. Yep. I think I spent most of my time dealing with ECW and how to, where I've done an ECW episode, Paul Heyman, Sandman as well. So I kind of feel like I've had a look at a lot of different views of who did what, both the WWE view, both the dirt sheets view, and Mm -hmm. kind of the the boys and the wrestlers and the, the people involved their view. Never, ever, 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 ever 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 cut the fucking evers (laughs) cut the friggin evers (laughs) Uh, naughty words has anyone ever said who made ecw the franchise or sabu what are you on about what the fuck the closest thing that comes to that is that weird first hour of the ecw rise and fall dvd where they're like transfixed on 1994 and 5 like that was the best shit ever and really? once they got like color cameras or whatever it became this <laughs> terrible thing man. but like yes sabu unbelievably important mm-hmm. unquestionably and i could say adam not just to ecw to wrestling mm-hmm. tables come on yeah. you need that right shane douglas certainly yeah. important yeah. in his own way They were in a triple threat with a little old man called Terry Funk. If we're going to talk about a wrestler who has any sort of a god-fucking-given right to claim he helped ECW, it's fucking Terry
1: Funk. Mm. I mean, I feel like you could probably come up with a huge list of wrestlers that you could give that accolade to above the franchise. No disrespect to him. but
0: I'd say Tommy Dreamer is more of a claim to ECW Mm -hmm. being alive than, you know, or, or having survived and thrived as it did Shame- taz like th- these guys are huge stars i don't forget taz did like you know the graphics and the t-shirts and all that and you know yeah. it takes a village and all that jazz i think with ecw was my main takeaway from when i was doing research but it's an odd time to come to this part of the world and be like this is such a fucking razor thin hot take it's mm. like, all right. Who's the most important man from fucking nine years
1: ago? That's it. Like, he's saying all this, and literally at this point in the promo, because this is like fucking four or five minutes into him chatting now, I'm sat here going, what's your point? Okay, you made ECW. Why are you telling us this? We're in fucking New Zealand. What are you on about? Right, I don't
0: know. I don't expressly know the answer to his question, but if we're going to ask which of the two bed is more important you know, here we are nine years later. I'm going to go for the guy who both looks and wrestles exactly the same, not the man whose greatest wrestling maneuver has been vomiting in the ring and breaking his <laughs> arm in a bus accident. <laughs> you know? Like, you're not there, Shane. I don't know. It's I feel sad for him because he's like, the wrestling world has changed and now he's no targets anymore mm. no one wants to hear him complain about vince mcmahon because he's a natural heel and vince mcmahon is like a great heel so like in 2003 i'm watching vince mcmahon wrestling his daughter and making out with sable i don't care about what french fries has to say about honestly him. i want to find out what zach Gown's going to say about vince mcmahon when he gets his fucking hands on him that's what i want to know <laughs> I want to wrestle because I'm a heel, but also I'm really cool and a badass. And I definitely wrestle with my special cast. That means I have to be in a Cactus Jack taunt pose for the <laughs> entire show.
1: I'm so ready and desperate to wrestle that I came out here in fucking slacks on a polo shirt.
0: That's the thing I hate about it. He's got such great energy, right? He's got mm. great energy. I love that French fry. It's like, ah, that fucking madman energy. But he wants to be taken seriously so Fucking badly. He's got to be the coolest man in the room. Mm. With the coolest fucking line. The coolest joke. He's not there to be made fun of. And the fact that he can't be like. It's not played up for yokes that this man is in a ridiculously large cast. Like, no. Not a little Bob Orton cast. It's in like the elbow and the hand are fixed. Yeah. He's solid there. And the fact that he's like, I want to wrestle. The fact that that's like, oh, cool, yeah. And not like, what a fucking moron. Honestly. You know? Also, he says he's size 12 and a half shoes. Mm. Now. I don't think we need to get into the individual foot sizes of everyone on this podcast, but let's just oh, say. Oh, I will. <laughs> all right, then. I'm fucking size 12, and there's no way your feet are bigger than my Jane Douglas. No fucking way. No way. I will die on this hill. No fucking way. No way. No way. Nuh-uh
1: just while we're on the subject i am a size 14 i have a hell of a hard time finding shoes if you've got any size 14 shoes you would like to send please do get in touch at Biblops on twitter
0: yeah why don't you reach out to shane douglas because what's funny adam <laughs> is that in the in the uk and the u.s size 12 is usually the easiest last size that is commercially yes, available it is. and if you are into size 13 and 14 then you have to go to specialist stores mm. and it's very interesting because my good friend back home in ireland he was size 13 i used to work in a shoe shop yes and it was an awful pain for him because he would oftentimes just go with size 12 shoes and go look just what is there or like are there any size 12s coming in that kind of go a little bit big and it just seems to me you know the plight of outside to have someone with larger oh yeah you know, has, finding shoes a bit harder even i find it a little bit harder even though it's you know much easier for me than it is for you my friend at home find it very very hard as well and we can all say unilaterally as men with larger feet you wouldn't make it up because it's not an easy life to live. It's not. I, I had a
1: doctor laugh at my feet once when he saw them, and he went, <laughs> what? He went, oh my God, they're like skips. And at the time, I was like- Skips? At the, t- at the time, I was like maybe 12. I thought he was referring to the crisps, skips, which are like round <laughs> parachutes. Not, yeah. And I was like, no, they're not. He meant dumpsters, basically. Wow. I went into a shoe shop once, and I asked if they did Converse in a size 14, and the guy behind the counter and his mate laughed at me, and I just turned around and left and so all my life i've had like a bit of a sensitivity about this and i was like i'm I'm never gonna find someone with big feet funny that's not a funny thing i i I know what it's like and then once i went to tk maxx and i found they had a size a pair of size 18 shoes and i was literally like yeah (laughs) look at these things (laughs) imagine having feet that
0: big though. i mean i i i just don't think shane douglas has got size 12 and (laughs) and a half
1: I, I forgot just, that's I don't know, why this came up
0: I don't know why I'm so confident in this fact mm. like, I really don't Like I worked in a shoe shop that's all I can say I worked in a shoe shop for a couple of years I just don't buy it Shane I don't buy it I'm empathetic to people's feet sizes and I just don't buy it.
1: Is it just me or does this episode of the podcast have big last day of school energy? <laughs> like... Oh yeah I've
0: already written E-pussy on the wall behind me as you can <laughs> see
1: We're fucking out of here after this one folks we're done with this show See ya Andrew <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who can cut through to the french you know who can who who can get in there into the mindset of franchise train jugglers
1: it's joey legend
0: just joey legend himself who i wrote here is a franchise bannerman (laughs) is what he is the what chance these lads get and they're like they're looking at each other to say don't worry this will be they won't be doing this next week this this (laughs) sure they'll get tired it's fine 18 years later, mm. <laughs> Joey Legend. I was really impressed on the Mike last go around. You know, I thought he, him and Mike Sanders, that was the, probably the best exchange.
1: Mm, yeah, I, it, for me, it was just the knife and fork line. That was all I cared for. Oh, you're,
0: you're, you're here for the killer line style like this. They're going to be calling him Jabu instead of Sabu. Now, was that the member of the Street Sharks that had like a jab action <laughs> when you press the button? I think you're thinking of Big Slamu there. Ah, that's it. Happening. Or Moby Lick, it could be. <laughs> he just wrote, eat pussy wherever he went, Bob. <laughs> you ever see that man's muscular tongue? Fucking out! <laughs> look at the tongue, look at the tongue, look at the tongue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nearly the summer holidays, folks.
0: <laughs> and it's actually, it's just got really sunny as well here. As soon as we down. <laughs> I'm all excited now. The tone of this is a bit all over the place because we go from Jabu, boo ha-ha, to good one, Just Joe. Now, will you promise to break the neck of Sabu for the franchise?
1: (laughs) He's basically saying, yeah, you can only take my place and have a match with Sabu if you agree that you will definitely break his neck, please.
0: My favorite thing in the world is when two heels who are like different types of heels come together and they have to kind of try and like coexist and such. Oh, yeah. I just it's all it's it can be really simple. Like, example from pandemic wrestling recently, Peyton Royce went out on her own from the Iconics. Mm-hmm. She's a heel and her whole interest is she's all like, you know, the glamorous kind of stretchy lady over the ropes thing. Mm-hmm. And she was put in a tag team with Lacey Evans, who similarly has a very big exhibitionist over the top entrance mm-hmm. and they did an entrance where the two of them tried to do their choreography and they kept getting each other's way and getting really pissed off at each other because they're like don't you get it it's my gimmick that i'm the center of attention <laughs> makes me laugh a lot when seth rollins as the evil architect with j j security tried to butter up then heal cowardly new day to get him to be on his team oh, yeah. and they all started singing with the trombone and dancing mm-hmm. around absolute gold here You've got Shane Douglas who's got a broken hand and he's like, break Sabu's neck and Just Joe, just remind yourself, Just Joe is the man in the Hummer tonight to fucking kill Sabu right? And he says, break his neck and what happens Just Joe shakes his hand and he shakes the cast hand And then French Fries just turns around and goes, and they they walk off. Now, Adam, if he shook his hand and went, Yeah,
1: comedy gold.
0: I would have forgiven everything. Mm -hmm. I would have said, this man's got fucking size 19 shoes. He's Mm -hmm. got a dick a mile long, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, he's got feet like a zoo animal, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But I think that one soured me on on Douglas tonight, who I do do genuinely like a bit. And then he decides he's going to get on commentary
1: for the rest of this match now.
0: Not before we get our cool new catchphrase. Oh. Tonight, Sabu's gonna get legendized. Oh, dude. (laughs) Really? Legendized? Uh, Legendized. So, Sabu now, taking on Joey Legendy. Legendization match. (laughs) Frank Fries is our commentator du jour. How'd you go? I want Douglas on the microphone.
1: Could not stand this. Him and Disco are fucking barking absolute bollocks, shouting over each other, and maybe even more shocking is that Douglas sounds legitimately gassed on commentary. He is sucking wind.
0: But I mean, Douglas, when he does a promo, he's fucking you know that he gets worked up that was mm. his thing yeah he he's he's in a he's in a bad bad way and i know around this time he had this kind of like and i just went into a hotel room for, i watched a shoot interview with him it was like, i went to a hotel room for a weekend like literally the train spot and thing i got cleated and i was fine and then you know there was word that he was having problems again a few years later and it's mm. been a rough road for for douglas but i think he's kind of kidding him, trying to kid himself here with the performance tonight it's mm. like you're not you're not shane douglas anymore it's the fact that you're in a cast notwithstanding you're not even shane like shane douglas who spent a lot of his run in ecw in a cast he ain't even shane douglas in a cast here it's fucking <laughs> bad news try and bring up some sort of uh international rivalry here saying that of course sabu working for iwa puerto rico and joe legend working for the world wrestling council as well he's like it's like a international puerto rican uh, inter warfare no it's not yeah it's, it's W.W.A. versus N.W.A. tentatively at best. No, right, it's guys. not. I
1: hate that they even mentioned that. Like, that's not a thing. There's no invasion or anything.
0: It starts off right here as a standard issue, non-hardcore Sabu match. In that, you know, doing some dive spots, going over the ropes, some springboards. Some of that rolling around shit, but I don't like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as well, they decide... That you know what? Let's just turn it into a uh, a hardcore match after all. I know they, kind of run, they run out after ten minutes, and the commentators tried to cover for it, and then they just give up. So yeah,
1: I don't I don't know if it's because of where this match is on the card, but this just felt very long and slow to me. Or well, not necessarily slow, but I was just not interested in this. I'm not
0: Interested in some choice lines from Shane Douglas here. I got some for you folks. Don't worry. Shane Douglas alleges that Sabu killed ECW. <laughs> sure he did,
1: mate. It was him. He didn't wrestle
0: for the last like eighteen months of the company. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why, mate. They because he was gone, they they fucking just faltered without him. Like he ruined he was, it. Like,
0: publicly fired in like ninety six and ninety seven, <laughs> as far as I know as well. Anyway, he also reveals to us that earlier because of his broken hand and arm, he couldn't eat earlier. But his appetite is more than wetted by the ass kicking he's seeing here.
1: Fuck, that's just as good as sustenance. That is. I
0: eating a good arse and fush. You know. <laughs> Right, now, obviously, you're going to go, oh, Kevin, you've got comments you've made on various podcasts, food and otherwise, about eating this, that, and the other. Oh, I love eating the arse of a chicken. You do? I do. That's canon. That is canon now.
1: Kevin loves eating chicken ass.
0: But I will say, just leave it out, all right? That's really all I can ask for here. Uh, Disco reveals that Douglas was hit by a bus in Australia, and the tension on commentary afterwards leads (laughs) us to believe that... This is not something that Shane Douglas wanted to be yeah. revealed. Because <laughs> he's like, the, the pussy doctors wouldn't clear me. He's like, you got hit by a bus, mate.
1: Yeah, honestly, you should use that as like, look how fucking tough I am. I'm still standing here after getting hit by a
0: fucking bus sabu does some spots on the ropes mm. which shane and disco both declare in unison means that he is now dead and has been killed it's around the fourth or fifth time where someone has either been called to die or like should die or just just die already come on that would really liven up this show why won't someone just fucking die shane douglas there at one point screams to his charge to do an armbar and disco says well it'll catch him off guard because sabu he can't wrestle he just knows crazy dives, somersault planches, and flying aerial suicide attacks. Really trying to imply that he's a terrorist, isn't he? Like, he's just really getting close there. He
1: said at one point that Sabu had a fucking dish rag on his head, and I was like, yeah. dude, you are getting into straight-up racist territory now. Well,
0: I mean, in fairness, we haven't got anyone else to, to have racist pops out here tonight, you know, because we've not had anyone... I mean, in fairness, yeah. we can definitely say, right xwf and wwa we're going to compare them side by side this is definitely the most racist company we've ever dealt with Mm. in terms of just what they've shown us on tv WWE is quietly the most racist company Mm. we head outside the rings brawling around because you know joe e legend and sabu are only in their 30s so i guess we have to do this to buy some time Disco blames the metric system for the early kickouts, saying that they probably came to 10 or something stupid here. Or, no, sorry. He said, I blame the metric system. They probably came to four here or something stupid.
1: That is good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We get a chair throw, and the referee is pretty cool with that. The chair throw. I like the chair throw. I think we've talked about this before. It's never really been given a name, though, has it? Uh, Until tonight, that is. Oh, what is it? I didn't catch this. The Arabian Pie Face.
1: You know, I've got a complicated relationship Ooh. with the word pie face.
0: Jesus Christ. I know I, this is going to give even further new meaning, I should say. Further new meaning to the term disco sucks. Mm. I've been listening to a lot of BGS recently, so it's really <laughs> hitting me over the head with this here now, this, this other side of it. Disc, oh no. Look, Sabu's suicidal, which means he's going to kill himself one day, right? And that's not good for wrestling. Guys, kill themselves? All these guys, kill themselves? Guys, they're ruining wrestling now we are in the literal shadow of the deaths of the british bulldog mr perfect and previously advertised to be on the last show miss elizabeth who notwithstanding the lovely personal messages i got telling me people over and over again she's a grown woman and she died at her own hands thanks for sending that to the dms really appreciate that Uh, (laughs) but wow that's some shocking stuff there adam like the only thing that's ever shot me more than that was when I heard that Brian Knobs made fun of Randy Savage at like a autograph signing when he found like literally were like people whispering in his ear. Randy's died of a yeah. heart attack. He's like, ha ha ha. Randy's died of a what would that be like? It'd be like this. Hey everyone, look at me doing Randy Savage dying of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Oh, also by the way, he's died of a heart attack. Yep. Now Disco is not as explicit in that and what he's saying, but you got to admit, for someone who is at least a bit more well read than the average wrestler, that this is. Cruelty by fucking disco here. This is horror show stuff.
1: Yeah, I, do, I. I. That sounds to me more like flippant than cruel. Yeah, flippant. Like, You're right. Yeah, I, it I, is flippant. I'd say cruel is more like um Joey Styles saying that Mike Awesome should have killed himself. Like
0: that. That yeah, is. No, that's a
1: cruel barb right there. There's not
0: enough thought here. Is no. There? He's it's just. He's just ignorant. It almost as if I would probably the next sentence after this on headsets probably was oh listen yeah 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 whoops. no yeah yeah whoops and I don't know I just. 2003 And it's so sad To see 2003 Where it's like Oh it's so bad now I'm like Made oh, 04 mm. oh, 05 oh, 06 Don't get me started On oh, 07 Fuck There's hell. a lot
1: of tragedies Coming in this decade
0: Non-stop Literally non-stop For the next five years From here Incredibly Unenthusiastic Use the table Chanting The reason why Is because They've been chanting Since the word go And mm. they've not done it And they've just been polite To New Zealanders And keep going You know Please please use, the, please use the table. Come on. Please use the table, Sabu. Please use it. Don't know if Shane Douglas liked this line on commentary. I'm starting to see Joe Legend is kind of like Shane Douglas now. <laughs> 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 a triple jump, leg drop to the outside through the table by Sabu. Yep. Be- beautiful call here. I
1: didn't see what happened. What happened? <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Thank God we've got you on commentary. And
0: then Shane Douglas. Sabu. Praying to the gods that he prays to. I've seen it before. <laughs> Lads! Would you lay off? He didn't kill ECW. He didn't do 9-11, all right? He didn't steal any fucking child's adrenal glands and eat them either. It's just... <laughs> it's... it. Look, to if you're really wondering what what this guy's all about, I'll quote you Paul Heyman. Look, it's Sabu! It's, it's, just, it's fucking Sabu, that's this! Yeah, that's you don't need to
1: add this fucking layer of hate onto it.
0: If Sabu was to pray to gods, he'd probably be there smoking a cigar, insist that the god doesn't reveal what he's about to say, and then not pray to the gods. That would be it. And the whole time he's praying, he'd have his hand on his spike as well, just in case <laughs> the gods try to renege on the prayer or anything like that. Oh my God, this is too fucking long. It is. It's way
1: too long. Like, come on.
0: You get the Arabian facebuster. Sabu wins this apparently hardcore match. Yep. It's a straight up ECW hardcore match. That was more
1: hardcore than the actual hardcore match we had earlier. It was
0: odd that, yeah. I think it's a little bit besmirching to ECW just simply from the fact that this was... The only match where I felt that the crowd's enthusiasm waned throughout, I think they lost them. Promo too long, match Mm -hmm. way too long. There's not a lot of matches on the card here tonight, but you could have cut this in half and given me a throwaway tag match. I would have probably preferred that. Gladly. At the end of the match then. Sabu celebrating his win. Ah, oh, Shane oh, Douglas yeah. in the win. <laughs> Fucking well, sake. This has got I've got a feeling that Sabu and Shane Douglas's paths will cross again. Each and every pay-per-view in much more <laughs> sexy and exciting match types. <laughs> What's next, Adam? After
1: five pay-per-views, it's finally happening. Here he is. Saint Andrew McManus is gonna do an in-ring promo! You know, every now and again. Great moments happen in sport. Tonight is one of those moments. I'd like very much now to introduce to you a man who is the true testament to
0: what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That gentleman is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen. something surreal about seeing him come out to the ring yeah i don't know why but when he came out Walsey matilda played in my head because he's the most strongly <laughs> associated thing with australia i have at the moment in civ 6 and the new expansion could i have um andrew mcmanus instead of john Curtin, please your nuclear tis <laughs> are uh, enraging us and worrying us here's a large bag of money to go away <laughs> <laughs> now
1: i think first and foremost kevin we need to really really paint a picture for the listeners here of just what this man looks like.
0: Well, I mean, look. Saint Andrew never gets respect. And mm-hmm. I feel he's going to be quite disrespected here. He is wearing... I saw someone describe it as Bully Ray's ring attire from 2014. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh he's, on
1: Bully Ray. He's
0: got, like... He's got his jeans on, right? Mm-hmm. He's got his black jeans on, black shoes. It's very much the former darts champion and amiable pub landlord who will do you a toastie under the grill. <laughs> you know it feels like you know he'll care what's on tap you know short sleeve
1: black shirt but it's covered it's covered in patches Patches. and emblems from and not in a cool like formula one race car driver i'm covered in logos it's just like sporadic sloppy weird little placement of logos all over this random shirt it's safe
0: to say adam that he's a patch man (laughs) Very safe to say, indeed. Now, did you look at what any of the patches actually said? Did you catch catch a glimpse of any of these? I couldn't tell. I honestly couldn't tell. So, very strangely, (laughs) there's three here which I worked out, all of which say some variation of versus. So, I was doing doing Mario Kart there. Versus. (laughs) You mean like VS? Versus. There's VS and the word versus, and another VS as well. Okay. Now, Andrew coming out here, obviously he's appeared on camera before. We're talking in ring here. We're talking we're talking down here in New Zealand, right across the pond from his home country. Big, big time for Andrew McManus, because he doesn't come out here for any old reason. He's out here.
1: I, I mean, honestly, at first I thought he was going to do a promo. I thought this was going to be like an authority figure, like do a speech. Mark
0: Sanders, your, your time is up. And that's <laughs> what's <No. laughs> Oh, I want Mike Sanders versus Psycho Sid. <laughs> maybe maybe Mike Sanders is going to wrestle Bret Hart tonight, who's wrestling here tonight. Mm. You know, Maybe that'll happen.
1: Well, speaking of, he says uh, Andrew is out here because he wants to use reduce someone to you all. He, he also trips when he's coming into the ring oh yeah there's a little trip as he gets in on the ropes
0: i will say though the saving grace for andrew is that his little trip is just similar enough to steve austin's 2001 "Uh -uh, didn't trip which then now that i think about it tell me what do you think adam and fans at home as well i'm dying to know i think in 2001 austin genuinely tripped once coming into the ring did that and then the rest is history (laughs) SmackDown three immortalized it and he decided better keep doing it. That's part of the act now. <laughs> it's part of the act. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> so he has some prepared remarks. He has like fucking ten sheets of paper to say Brit Hart. I know that's
1: it. I, I was gutted because he's got this big stack of notes, and I was like, he has got some fucking announcements to make. Great surprisements tonight. But no, he just comes out and he's like, I would like to introduce you to brett the hitman heart and then brett comes out and andrew's just stood there uh,
0: it was not lost on me the joy of having a pay-per-view set in new zealand and then someone who was slightly marble mouthed had to call Britt, make sure Britt was here that was great <laughs> for me that was low-key and enjoyable Perfect. Moment here and look here he is wrestling tonight no he's just here to show up you know things are bad when he has like a special plinth set up
1: yeah he's got a thing to
0: lean on yeah and the only time i've seen that was i think it was like um it was ginger baker there was some i saw a uh, cream live like right in the early 2000s they kind of all came back together and obviously eric clapton still was quite spry but ginger baker and the other lad were a bit a bit uh more feeble and they needed these things just to lean on i was like well mm-hmm. yeah they're gonna play for fucking two hours yeah and like brett by all rights science and otherwise after what he's been through he shouldn't be able to be here Speaking as clearly as he is, looking mm-hmm. as well as he does, he's only a few months really removed from intense recovery and in physio to come back from a stroke, and a serious one at that. Honestly,
1: all things considered, it's remarkable how well he looks, and the the condition he's in is, like, incredible considering, but I... <laughs> I, if, I'm, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't understand what this segment is for. Why they're doing this? I know they wanted to advertise Brett so they could sell tickets. And if this That's w- part if, of us, yeah, if this segment was good for Brett and it helped him, then fair play. I'm totally fine with it. I just, if this is what the WWE wanted, I'd honestly question their decision making.
0: So I think WWE, in terms of them, it was we want you on the show so we can advertise you. I'm pretty sure they said one thing to the fans and then Brett's like, I'm not going to be able to referee and they're not going to, they're very accommodating to Brett. The main reason Brett is here is because he said it himself in his book. He had a kind of a thing at the end of his WCW contract where he wanted to do as much kind of around the world stuff to say goodbye. Cause right. he wanted to go to Germany. He wanted to go to Puerto Rico. He wanted to go to Australia, all these places where he had been over the years. Cause he always took the world champion moniker very seriously. We mm-hmm. talked about that in season four. And that, you know, Brett was very much respected around the world and meant a lot to those people. And, you know, he says himself here, it's like, you know, sorry it took so long. You know, New Zealand was probably one of the last places on Brett Hart's list of countries to revisit. They thank you, New Zealand. So he's just here to say thanks to his fans. There are a number of fans here. You can tell from the reaction. They're lifelong Brett fans. I would surmise to say, Adam, a lot of people are here tonight solely for Brett just to see him. Say hello. He gets
1: the biggest reception of the night. Like, the, the, and this, is, this has been a hot crowd all night, but they are especially grateful to see Brett.
0: Can you remind me, JB, the last thing he said about Bret Hart before this pay-per-view?
1: Did he say something like Bret Hart is bitter and he's past it? Yep. Well. And
0: 18 months makes a difference because now he's class personified. I'm like, yeah, you better be fucking saying he's class personified because I'm pretty sure he didn't realize he was booked as the heel that first go around. Yeah,
1: honestly. Uh,
0: so yeah, they've changed their tune. They've also changed his tune. I was very upset to find out that they had given him Lex Luger's music from the last yeah, pay-per-view.
1: The fucking fantasy RPG SNES music does not fit this guy at all.
0: Brett just kind of leading there going I don't want to be a bummer you know I don't want to take too long and you know he is he's being Brett in that he's airing out some dirty laundry Mm -hmm. but like I don't blame him you know this is Brett who for the last six months had the greatest fight of his life in his own words in Mm. terms of trying to and keep in mind all that shit that had happened with Owen with Vince and all that fucking stuff you know he mentions here Mr. Perfect British Bulldog Miss Elizabeth when he says miss elizabeth's name you can hear some of the audience go oh my god!" Yeah, because yes, they, they didn't don't know. know they didn't know and like yeah i don't go to begrudge brett you know he had to go through all of what he went through and all this stuff is happening as well mm-hmm. he's mentioned that the day before was the four-year anniversary of over the edge Yeah. and like the things that he describes you know coming back from a stroke i'm very fortunate that you know, no one in my life directly has been affected by a stroke but it's something that like i've really always you know I learned a lot about when I did physiology and stuff. It's always been very scary to me and how it can affect people differently and the path back is really quite unknowing for many people. Brett had incredible progress in terms of regaining his, his speech, his ability to, to walk and, and talk. His emotional state he said was one of the longest roads back you'd he say he'd just be sitting around the house thinking okay physio today i'm walking i can talk a little bit things are going well sit down he just burst into tears for no reason He just think yeah. everything was making him cry and like it's one thing to be like i'm brett and i'm tough and nothing usually makes me cry but it's like yeah you're brett and like you've had the saddest end to your career possible mm-hmm. 2003 goldberg the man who kicked you in the fucking head and you know didn't say he caused the stroke, but he caused a lot of things at the end of the end of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, Goldberg being hailed as the greatest of all time. Yeah, and like the thing that really depressed me was brett Is like I was talking to um, the guy who's head of WWE Canada, and he said after that last WWE show that uh, my stock had never been lower. Fucking Jesus. horrible! What a
1: nasty thing to say. In this, in it? it though. Why? Why would you? Uh, this man has been through so so much in such a short span of time. Why would you fucking
0: say something so nasty to him? Well, like, we know that lots of people have got reasons to hate Brett. Mm. And I certainly think from doing season four, I don't know where you're at with Brett, but where I'm at, and it, a lot of it happened as well when we did our extra bit for you know, doing the Brett episode for How You Too, I find myself understanding the circumstances in which people who hated or ragged on Brett or had huge political issues with him in the company, or even in the family, I should say, I'm mm. starting to understand why those things happen more. But I thought from understanding why they happened, like all the stuff with Sean, I'd be like, okay, I understand why, so therefore I can empathise with them a little bit more. Yeah. I do find myself coming down on Brett's side of things a lot more as the years go on. Not just Montreal, just kind of generally with his view of things.
1: Honestly, with Brett, I always think that the worst thing I can say about him is he takes things too seriously. He's a bit of a stickler, a bit of a party pooper sometimes. And if that's the worst stuff I can say about someone, then like, really, he's not that bad at all, is he? Like, if that's like, you know, like with Shawn Michaels, you could come up with a laundry list of like, oh, he's done this, he's done this, he's done this. Brett, it's like, he's surly, he can be a bit fucking Mardi, and he was a serial adulterer as well. Outside of that, I don't think I can really come up with anything about Brett that would make me be like, oh, I can see why people hate this guy now.
0: Yeah, and like, look, the last pay-per-view, he came out and he was talking all sorts of bitter shit, and it's as if and i kind of feel like in many respects if brett hadn't been surrounded by this kind of balloon or this fucking deep fog of trauma and just mm-hmm. you know out and out sadness and grief and all that yeah i can see where you're kind of to go oh you know brett just complain all the time it's like dude like you know it's fucking exhausting to be a public facing figure and have all this sad shit happen to you i can only yeah. imagine what it's like you know mm-hmm. I, I find myself watching this and i was you know, when, when we were at the start, we were like, Brett's book tonight. We're like, uh-oh. It's going to mm-hmm. be fucking absolute Beluba's bullshit. I was... I'd say it was in tears, but I was I was very sad watching this. I was very, yeah, very, very it's a
1: that. very touching promo, and that's not to say like, oh my god, what was he thinking coming out here? It was it was just sad brave. and heartfelt and brave and very honest. And like I say, if this helped Brett, if this helped him process things and it helped him with his recovery and you know, obviously his desire to go around the world, like you say, then fair play. It was totally fine, but it was very hard to watch it was tough going
0: particularly when you've got the bret hart addendums to long known help you with grief phrases like life is short he instead says life is short but death is long oh jeez, man and he was like people are coming to me saying oh brett you're gonna look like this you might you know what are you gonna wear i don't give a shit what i look like to be honest Mm. you know it was nice that he had his opportunity i thought it was classy to give him the platform i don't know how it fits into the story of the wwa maybe mm. it speaks more to the fact that wwa is just like here's a platform we don't care at this point yeah if they thought in any way andrew mcmanus that he was doing the wrestling world a service by doing this platform a little bit i guess but i think by brett being associated with these groups i do think it does you know i hate to say it it made his stock lower it made him seem like oh he's off mm. on the side of the world being bitter and all that isn't yeah he's just off there doing that isn't he and it's like i feel as a result of that we didn't have that chat in 2003 to 2010 about all these wrestlers dying and how it actually impacts mm. the people who are still here. Yeah, Felt that was a ve- I mean, did it really take a guy kill himself, his wife and child for us to actually start talking about it a bit more seriously? Because mm. Bret Hart looks like he's been through you know he's seen the wrestling world implode around him and no one's really noticed it because some of the wrestlers are still alive
1: yeah that's that's genuinely it yeah no one really realizes how severe and how fucked up that is like it's not normal in your industry for so many people to be dying so young
0: was i reading into it too much that they only showed one side of him because he was kind of turned away at one point on this kind of plinth. oh I, d- I
1: don't know about that i thought it was just the way he was leaning on the plinth to be honest
0: but he honestly he had no difficulty speaking no, at all spoke at all, very all. eloquently yeah very very clearly and you know he had a slight limp but mm. he, he was a lot more like Bret Hart than I was anticipating
1: yeah it's remarkable
0: but in terms of like you know how necessary this is for you to watch if I see anything remotely from like you know from a character we've covered for How to Wrestling that Joe would be interested in I'm like come down quickly mm. this one I was like
1: lock you know, the door <laughs> like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want like, Joe walking in right it, now it might
0: spoil your existing memories of Bret yeah. to see him this fucking hurt Backstage at the AVN Awards, Double J is interviewed by Scott Demore. two greasy-looking individuals with various shades of interest in what's going to happen in the main stage later on tonight.
1: Jeff has got that fucking greasy, sexy red latex vest on as well. And
0: Scott Demore is like, Jeff, who do you think is the hottest young star in the... (laughs) Uh, Scott DeVore does the old kind of Caleb Braxton you know, type of one where it's like, Jeff Jarrett, tonight you face the icon Sting in a match that is unifying the WWE and NWA heavyweight championships. Knowing what we know about what you've been through in the last few weeks and knowing what happened with you and Sting last go around, you've got to have a lot on your mind and it's got to be playing on your self-esteem here tonight. Well, you just did my whole promo <laughs> for me. God damn it, Scott. You're meant to be my buddy. Come on. Wow, why, why did I install you as a puppet writer then? If you're just gonna <laughs> do all my promos for me. He's J E double T L A double G E double D. Ain't he tired?
1: He ain't dead though. He is Jeff.
0: <laughs> oh, we found out a whole lot about that. Oh, we got an update. Yeah, and I kind of feel like because of the intrigue, we should do the pre theme of the. <whistles> So you know that's kind of getting a little bit like, what's going on here? He ain't dead. He is Jeff. But what it turns out, Adam, is that the original version <laughs> of this song has got the line, he ain't dead, he ain't the rock. He ain't the rock. Don't want to hear your big man talking my world, my world, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> they put the
1: rock in the lyrics.
0: whoa, 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 whoa. From Glagay all the way to Global Force Gold <laughs> Also, he ain't
1: the rock. That doesn't read how they want it to read. Like I know they're saying like this guy ain't the rock, but it sounds more like he's no rock. Now let's let's be honest with ourselves. This guy ain't no Dwayne Johnson.
0: If you smile look at the tongue, he ain't going nowhere. Okay, I've got I got a new lyrics for you he ain't dead he ain't the rock no fucking shit it's my
1: (laughs) (laughs) lyrical gold he's
0: he's he's not the rock and i would say he's the type of person if you compare him to the rock that would work against him absolutely that's what i'm saying he's
1: no rock he's no dwayne johnson this guy no it's only jeff jarrett
0: jeff we're thinking instead of kind of drawing attention to the lack of similarities to the rock we instead kind of Well, you need a new lyric, so we're thinking. (laughs) We're thinking. We say, "Okay, listen here. He is Jeff." Okay, I'll tell you what, guys. You can just put in "He is Jeff," but that's just a placeholder, man. You come up with something better in between now and then because I'm going to use this theme for 16 years. Okay, okay. The the Beyond the Mat Doctor
1: saying you need a new blank has become my favorite (laughs) recurring character on the
0: podcast. (laughs) This match is technically face versus face, Adam. Wait, Double J's a face? Yeah. Since when? He's a face in TNA as the, as the uh, champion. Ah,
1: for fuck's sake. He
0: was very subtle here. He didn't and Barry bury Sting. He tried to be like kind of semi-face. But he's a heel in the world of the WWE because he betrayed Sting last go around. At the start of this match,
1: because I, I knew this is the main event from the research, I've known the whole time this was going to be our final WWE match. This is going to be the one that ends it. And it was when they were making their entrances... And I saw the both of them and I realized like, wait a minute, these guys, they're both in really good shape. Yeah. They're both bona fide main eventers. Like
0: they know how to put on main
1: event matches. And, and-
0: I will say, Sting particularly, mm. like, you know, when you play like something like Day of the Tentacle Remastered, it's like an old game and they've made it HD and it's like, oh, this isn't how it is, but it's how I remembered it. Yes. That's Yes, Sting. exactly. Because Sting didn't look like that when I watched him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I started thinking at the beginning of this match this could be the best WWE match. For someone like me, that is pretty much my bread and butter is WWE style main events. That's what I'm into. You can keep your crews away and your hardcore stuff. What I'm really into is the main event storytelling. Physical. So I started thinking this could be potentially the best match we have. I'm very excited going in.
0: And now you're slapping the face! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so... In Zurich, Sting defeated Luger. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. And well, tonight... he defeated Malice, let's be honest. Sorry, he defeated Malice. Because <laughs> Luger, he doesn't like taking those gravity pins. The match has got a moniker, like most great matches do. Tonight, Adam, it's Stroke v Scorpion.
1: <laughs> that does not sound cool. That sounds really shit. They
0: say, yeah, and I know as well, Like, I know Jeff's main... <laughs> And people go, oh, but Jeff's finisher, it's meant to be about masturbation and backstage mm. politicking, not about Bret Hart. But I kind of feel like oh, talking geez. about yeah. stroke over and over, he's going to get the stroke. Then yeah. it just
1: Right after uh, that segment. It's right after. Yeah. Honestly,
0: if it was anywhere else, fine mm. but it's the fact that it was right 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 after uh, yeah you know, i guess i'm just being kind of a bit sensitive that's just thing, unfortunate it, i think yeah. it's just unfortunate yeah we get big in-ring introductions uh-oh 14 minutes on the clock and ticking Rat-row. the the man who is known around the world his list evacuates. <laughs> okay it's gonna be uh yeah uh, there's a lot on the line here tonight according to our ring announcer the winner will become the dominant global force in professional wrestling Sorry, Triple H. Get out of the way.
1: Global force, did you say? That gives me an idea.
0: Who you got in this one, Adam? Who you you rooting for? Jeff Jarrett or or the icon Sting? It's kind
1: of hard to root against Jeff Jarrett when he's like, obviously going (laughs) to (laughs) win. Like, come on. Of course he's going to win. It's
0: Jeff Jarrett. It's his company, pretty much. It was fun to watch a bit more kind of your classic Sting, who's in great shape. Mm. He's obviously been hitting the squats because... I'll tell you what, I didn't know I'd seen such a thick scorpion since I played Fallout 4. This lad's got a massive big arse on him now. Big strong arse. Fucking hell.
1: He's seriously dragging
0: a wagon right there. He's like, yeah, Fucking thick and juicy as Sting. Muscle duck. Seriously. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff has got some of his contingent in the audience. I don't know if they're for him or against him. Let's go slip nuts. Slip nuts? But they're there from here. I don't know what's going on. Right, this is Snowden House Show, two out of ten intensity, as we've come to expect. Mm. Jeff Jarrett has not brought his working boots with him tonight. He's brought his PVC to distract you instead.
1: And we can tell that by the fact that we get a glargay early on and he doesn't make a fucking peep. Nothing. Doesn't even say he ain't going nowhere. Doesn't say anything.
0: <laughs> it's a bit where Sting. And I gotta feel like I can see why that kid while the wrestle sting and that that sprite ad he's good and safe because it's a bit where he's like the far end of the ring, you know, like in the the, the barricade area, mm. and all the way at the end it's Disco Inferno and JB, and he like points, and he's like Woo, it's showtime! And he runs really fast, full hell of steam, and Jeff's like, uh... <laughs> And then right before they, I, I swear to God, right before they get to the table, Sting just stops and gently rolls him onto the table. For fuck's uh, sake. Like, he, there was no momentum, like, he's not messing up anything there. Aww. And Disco Inferno's like, what are you doing? This is my workspace! I'm like, oh, this is good, a bit of banter here now. What are you doing? This is my work. Wa- he said it seven times. For fuck's sake, dude. Ugh. Imagine you see him... You won't see him, Punk, like, Come on, John, you spill my diet soda. John, my diet soda, you spilled it. John, you see my diet... My diet soda? Which was previously in the canon, now now henceforth it finds itself just <laughs> spilled on the ground it's combination mocking me before me do four more <laughs> hey if you
1: listen to our best of season two compilation you will hear pretty much that actually between clips
0: oh yeah you're right <laughs> there's a lot of that disco inferno number one contender for the nwa world's heavyweight championship i'm sure mm-hmm. fucking luthes is rolling in his grave <laughs> he brings that up a few times to write and he doesn't really want to kind of promote the tna pay-per-view but it is a pay-per-view it Come is on, disco
1: and tna has been promoting a lot of wwa on their show i should say actually yeah before this show the, they were doing that continual thing of tna would advertise wwa on its pay-per-view so that people in australia and new zealand would catch drift of it and maybe buy the pay-per-view
0: jeff Jarrett with the old stomp and taunt light action here you know jeff Jarrett's bringing his working boots when he's going to the corners to stand up and taunt that's the biggest fucking <laughs> athletic maneuver you're gonna get here tonight Uh, We get the sleeper hold, which I said is the glide instead of the (laughs) glage. Doesn't really work in New Zealand, I'm sorry. Had a big double count-out spot after Mm. all those punches. Sting with Eddie Guerrero-like shenanigans. Pretends he's been bopped, and then he bops the guitar. I like that. Yeah. And then he hits him for a million times with the baseball bat again. Cool refs here in, down in New Zealand.
1: They they don't give a fuck, baby. There has to be a winner.
0: I want to move to New Zealand because it's like really cool and like you can vote for people who like let you break the rules and do whatever you want. <laughs> like, is, are people watching WBA and thinking, "Oh, I can go and do any old thing there now"? Come on, lads. <laughs> uh oh, it's a ref bump, which is oh dear, you know, quite a quite a stalwart moment. I don't think Jeff Jarrett had a ref bump free match on this fucking nope. entire series.
1: No, I don't think so
0: scorpion death drop joey legend sorry almost mixed up for shane douglas there for a second joey legend is out
1: yep closely followed by rick steiner
0: he does why did joey legend come out
1: to stop sting from winning
0: why did rick steiner come out then
1: to stop joey legend from stopping sting from winning
0: but what does rick steiner then do
1: sting gets the scorpion death lock back in again And then Rick Steiner betrays him with a guitar. Another guitar, by the way. A secondary guitar over the head. Fuck this WCW bollocks. I can't believe that's how we're ending it. Would
0: you stop besmirching Big Ted down in Atlanta, please? Because honestly, I think that is really doing a disservice. The guitar swing here, it disintegrates mid-swing. He's thrown (laughs) it so hard. It's literally like someone has deleted it from existence. And before he gets to the gym... So just so we know Rick Steiner came out to stop someone stopping someone from winning so he could stop that person from instead, winning instead himself yes okay Jeff Jarrett wins and kills the WWA I told you not to piss me off <laughs> <laughs> And in the most fitting end to this story <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen here is your winner and the WWA and NWA heavyweight champion Juh! Jared! Juh! Well, Adam, WWE the reckoning. What do you reckon to that, then? That was
1: potentially the best WWE show to date. It was! I I know! I
0: think the wrestling was consistently alright. The production values were a lot better. That main event literally... Hold for Hold was the match they were meant to do last month, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Jeff was the self-insert instead of Luger, Mm -hmm. you know. You did did the stroke instead of the torture act, but (laughs) Jesus Christ. But generally speaking, yeah, I I think the best show
1: they've done so far, but that ending was another slap in the face. Like, I was so gutted that they did that bullshit at the end. It's amazing
0: that even without the kind of very apparent structural kind of production problems that the previous ones did it it ran pretty smooth ship for the most yep for the most tonight like there was no wobble bigger than Andrew McManus literally wobbling when he came into the ring because he tripped up and I think you know that you have to bear that in mind the fact though that they were able to still without a good 75 percent of the roster that we're used to and without a show of i mean this was an hour 45 you know, there's very very little meat on this bone here yeah. i was very much impressed that they managed to remind me of the things i hate about the, <sighs> the wwa in spite of all of that but like yeah. i will say for the first time ever i am going to award a match of the night for the wwa oh. and that would be that four-way yeah. between johnny Obviously. swinger chris Sabin, frankie kazarian and jerry lynn honestly it's like looking into the future in the past now obviously you can look into the future from the past just by looking around in the present now and i i i I take that but as we are in new zealand if you wish to look into the mirror what will you see you may see many things depending on if they upload it onto a better streaming service because otherwise it might just be low-res
1: you know all will watch wwa and despair (laughs)
0: That's pretty much the goal here that we had at the start of it. We've come to the end, Adam, and it's always a beautiful, great, fluffy feeling in the air when we manage to put a nail in the coffin of a side series. Oh, I think it's quite
1: bittersweet, to be honest with you, because I've had so much fun doing this that I am gutted that this is it now for the WWE.
0: It was a complicated disaster, and I think what the main thing we can take away when looking at the end of the WWE is that a money mark is only as good as the people he gives that money to. Well, we should say,
1: just to talk about the end of the WWE, because this is the end of the pay-per-view for sure, but this is pretty much the end of the whole company and its existence. Like, Are there any other shows? No, because usually when they do like the last day of the tour, it's like, oh, and we'll be back, blank, blank, blank. Or, you know, we'll tell the boys our next tour is going to be in this.
2: Yeah, after make they arrangements.
1: Do, after this tour... They didn't mention it to anyone. They didn't advertise anything to the fans. No teasing of something new. They didn't tell the boys that they were going to do anything else. It was just like, all right, thanks for coming, guys. And like that was it. No promise of we'll get in touch. That was just silence. Yeah. In September, in The Observer, Meltzer would note that there still isn't any plans and that everyone that is mildly associated with WWE is pretty sure that's going to be it. And then there is just a big void of news where there is nothing all the way until june 2017 when st andrew would sell the wwa to wade brewer and that is officially it.
0: Yeah, wade brewer still not made any any moves with the wwa intellectual property. We'll see where where it goes if the wwa ever comes back.
1: Biding his time.
0: Biding his time waiting. Maybe wanted to see if he gets his hands on that road map. Hey, I know a guy who might be able to help you out with that. <laughs> the best things i can say about wwa is that it did remind me of the scrappy magic of early tna where mm. you're getting characters and styles of wrestling that you definitely weren't going to be seeing in the wwe and if you were seeing them you're seeing less and less and less and less and less and less and yeah. less honestly one of the big things that turned me on tna back in the day was literally when WWE did a match in 2002 or three and they're like that's it no more hardcore belts and i'm like uh, what that seems a bit shit that's why i watched you the show because mm. raven and rhino were trading the nwa heavyweight championship and you know you had you had hardcore you had the style that i wasn't seeing and it was mm-hmm. a nice reminder that there was an alternative out there much as there is an alternative out there now to, to wwe i don't know what great comparisons we can take from looking at how come AEW was such an effective startup and why WWE was such an ineffective startup? They both had money. They both had people who had a vision for wrestling. They both mm-hmm. had connections in the live events industry and had a, a backing of some sorts. Obviously, one person's a billionaire and Mandra McManus was a millionaire. But I don't know. Was the WWE always doomed?
1: I. I don't know about saying it was always doomed i don't know how fair that is but i do think that it was overshooting from the very very start if you remember when we talked about the inception their first pay-per-view i actually thought it was a really really solid plan that they had because wcw is gone ecw is gone and there's going to be all these markets that aren't being tapped year round by WWE places like Europe, places like Australia where there are rabid fans and they want to see some of the stars that aren't on TV anymore they want to see that and I thought if they'd have stuck to that touring company idea of just being like, we're going to do live shows they would have made a killing
0: instead they managed to inexplicably cool down the emerging markets how did yeah. you do that
1: i think them shooting for tv and getting all caught up in spending money on tv and pay-per-view and all that bullshit just took away from what could have been a very enjoyable live show experience if they would just pulled all their resources into that
0: i know i mentioned five-star wrestling earlier and i kind mm. of do feel like i have a a real real pronounced interest now for companies that try to shoot big Mm. real big and they missed the mark yep. because i don't want to tell you know i'm not going to begrudge anyone who tries and sets up like a small indie show and they you know manage to fill out a big arena and then it gets a bit bigger and a bit bigger you know and i don't want to spend time talking about like the downfall of any english indie because i'll just be talking about sex offenders all the time Aye. you know i am much more interested in finding out how someone can have a lot of money a lot of talent a lot of know-how and it's still fall by the wayside the main thing that strikes me about this and why you always need to have it i said that both AEW and WWE had people with visions, mm. whereas I think that the vision that the wrestlers had in AEW is a lot more shared and probably a lot more defined amongst the four core individuals. Mm. I think that if you ask Kenny Omega and you know Matt Jackson what they think the most important things in wrestling are, they'll give you broad strokes some similar Cinema, ideas. Yeah. But if you were to come and give me like Sting and Vince Russo what they think wrestling mm. should be, or I don't even think Andrew McManus knows what wrestling should be. No. J- JB, I feel like he can fit it to be what Triple H's vision is or Dixie yeah. Carter. You know, there's just a not enough conviction of beliefs here. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, money goes all different ways. People don't show up. And. Yes, it is the victim of the things that will always make money marks victims in wrestling. But WWE, much like the XWF, was a victim of wrestlers' bullshit as well. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: (laughs) And because of that, (sighs) I'd like to spend a quick moment. and pay tribute to the WWO, which is sadly no longer with us. Leave the memories alone, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of the final episode of the WWA? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. If you're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, do not forget, leave us a rating or review particularly iTunes we could do with some reviews as always they help us with the algorithm let us know if you're subscribed on Spotify and the best way of always if you want to help the show out if someone is asking for recommendations for podcasts send them our way we always appreciate when we hear people recommending us on Twitter or in person the original social media
1: and speaking of Twitter you can find us there at AE podcast and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast where you will find a whole th- fuck ton of videos we've got clips from classic episodes current episodes and lots of little previews from our patreon
0: content too
1: kevin have you got a particular favorite recent video that might have taken your fancy
0: absolutely adam unquestionably without question unquestionably it's got to be when we looked at for a deep dive on the history of booger reds the actual Mm. name I was not prepared, nor were you, for a sequel to Journey into the Darkness Speculative Jint on SmackDown Crawl. And you gotta check that video out. It's on the socials. If you have any at all recommendations for videos from this episode or any episodes that you're listening to recently, let us know at Biblops or at AE Podcast on Twitter. Speaking of Patreon, over 100 hours of audio content to listen to, you've got the Smackdown Crawl, 69 episodes, nice, Nice. you've got the Bibliotech, lengthy, in-depth, multi-part episodes, going all the way through the likes of Bob Holly's book, A Recent Look, through Pete Gass's autobiography, Looking Up at the Lights. There's some free samples of both the Bibliotech and the Smackdown Crawl here on the main free feed. Check them out if you like them and you want to support the show for as little as 5 dollars dues a month. You can do so as well. Get access to all of our Q&A episodes. Get access to our video episode series. Get access to Adam and Billy reviewing comics get access to all of our commentary tracks where I talk about how I want Uncle Ben to die a quick and painful and efficient death. Jesus. All this and more available on Patreon and as well, Extra Little Goose, you can always enjoy things like The the Big Show 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 Our upcoming Limp Bizkit album review. <laughs> and all i can say folks is as christmas comes we'll be making sure to give something a little bit extra under the tree here on our main feed for free and as well lots of extra bits and bobs over on the patreon page as always we thank you for your support fan and listener supported no ads from corporate masters here we get to talk about the things that we love and get supported by the people we love because of our patreon page so thank you all so much for backing us during the pandemic in these trying times i know it's a it's a strange one for all of us and we appreciate everyone who continues to support and back us in any way monetary or otherwise hey adam next time we're going to be celebrating november and heading back for another installment of what I like to call Scoo. (laughs)
1: It's the last ride, chapter two, baby. Coming soon.
0: I better start walking because it's going to be a long walk to get those (laughs) echoey footsteps to sync up (laughs) right before we start. So i'll be off now anyway yes, all right
1: i'll see you there
0: with love from down under all the way back to the Chair podcast here in sunny manchester wwa we hardly knew ye. a fond farewell from me your old pal kevin
1: and a good day from me adam bibelow let us lay you to rest
0: no wwa don't go away from me no <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't <laughs> ruin that two. No.